What's happening? Welcome to another episode of the Curious Cats podcast with me, Ricky Spears and Chris Walton. Today we've got Sean Suku on the podcast. Sean is founder and managing director of Winnie's Meals, a meal prep company that uh, send out subscription service meals to anyone looking to to for body transformations to put on muscle to lose weight or anyone just looking for a healthy kind of maintenance convenience food thank you to sean for coming down really enjoyed meeting you absolute gent um and if you're here for sean please feel free to fast forward to around 51 minutes ish that's when sean comes and saves me and chris from our ramblings but yeah as i said first up it's me and chris talking all sorts of noise please enjoy okay man it's been a while brother how are you i'm all right mate hang on i'm just adjusting my pockets what stuff i have to have empty pockets before i talk to you rick yeah i like that all right i think that's a bit of a common trait anyway things in your pockets annoy you right yeah massively big time ricky 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 good to see you yeah and you man first one back in person yeah, and I haven't actually seen you personally for a while, have I? No. Well, we've only just been allowed for... Wink, wink. <laughs> um, He's been round every day. Uh, how long has it been allowed? Since we were allowed to meet in groups of six, is it now? I don't know, I'm getting a smalls confused with that. Right? Yeah, and let's be honest, we've all lost interest, right? Yeah. Hence why a freaking Bournemouth beach looked like it did I went to yesterday. Herne Bay yesterday, all bets are off there really yeah yeah it was packed that's a weekday yeah yeah it was packed shit man see i've seen other people posting pictures of um um where was it called you just said camber no <laughs> bay sharpen up <laughs> bay. Sorry, fucking hell. it's been a while <laughs> um and it just wasn't wasn't as busy didn't seem i that think busy. there's a, there's an element of it where if you take a picture at a certain angle of anywhere busy you can make it look much worse than it is. But when we were there, there's areas that are busy, don't get me wrong, but people are still in like their own little groups. Yeah. Um, but if you're taking it sort of side on, it, it's always going to look... Yeah. But I reckon Bird's Eye View might be a bit bad, but Bournemouth did look pretty chocker, didn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it looked yeah, big time. Which That's is worrying, I'll be honest, given that we, like personally, we, we're not being allowed to open as a business for... We still don't know how long. Yeah. And, and that was a bit of a weird turnaround, wasn't it? Because you were expect, expecting to open yeah. in a couple of weeks with the rest of hospitality, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they've the, the British, the UK government have been pretty vague yeah. with us since the start. Um, look, they've got a difficult job either way. So, but we were, we were given some pretty clear sets of guidelines for how we had to sort of restructure the business to allow people to come in and train safely um, for both the staff and the clients. So we spent the past three or four weeks rearranging all the kit, yeah, paying for storage for certain bits of kit so that we could adhere to this. Yeah, yeah. So that we could adhere to this sort of two meter social distancing. Yeah. Um, And, you know, installed plastic dividers. And then three days ago, they said, doesn't that's not going to be the case anymore and you don't need to so you know when when we found out we we were fully expecting to open july 4th and then when we found out a few days ago that was the worst day of the lockdown for me i had a mega strop mega strop um was sulking all day 
because it's been hard as it is. And we have, me personally and, and some of the rest of our staff have spent every day getting up, delivering these live workouts for free yeah. so that people still had a routine, still had um, a method by which they could stay in shape and get their head right as stay well. Healthy, like, generally, yeah, just yeah. In, and, and I think the fitness industry as a whole has done a great job of sort of not propping up the nation, but like, you know, they, there's, we've been swamped with literature saying the people who are at the highest risk of developing serious symptoms from COVID-19 are those who are very overweight. Right. Yeah. Um, that doesn't uh, get you know, aside from age, all, does it? aside from age it's the highest risk factor of death from the disease. Right. Um, and so given that this is a public health pandemic for them to reverse their decision on opening gyms um and fitness spaces in general was a bit of a slap yeah um that was a bitter pill to swallow that being said there is it's very difficult for them to distinguish between massive personal training gym like this where there's loads of space where we can very easily control who's coming in yeah which bits of kit are being touched we can sanitize everything we can clean everything we can it is much safer in here than it is in a supermarket yeah but they can't be doing it case by case and i understand that yeah. there's not enough resources to be um judging reopening based on individual circumstances so yeah. you know some gyms have probably got thousands of members and there's not much control over who goes in and out so um i had a mega sulk like bigger strop i've been really good mentally until that day and then i i just threw all my toys out the pram because <laughs> There was light at the end of the tunnel for all of our staff and all of our clients yeah. and us as directors. And then it's just like, not not only was it pushed back, but we still don't know what date. They just said don't open yet. We can't open yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, so whilst whilst quite a lot of people re were rejoicing in the fact that like pubs were open, they could get their barnets cut um, yeah. and so on, I was having a, having a meltdown. Play, went and played golf that night and uh, with Stu actually and... Yeah. It was it was the worst round of golf I've ever played. Really? I just couldn't focus. I was, but I'm over it now, Rick. Glad good. you asked. Good, but it's looking very, very good in here. Loving the new platforms. We're in the gym for your reference. If anyone's listening, yeah, um, yeah, they, it looks good. We've we've done loads of work. We've been here. I've been here pretty much every day. Really. Um. So it's been eerie and weird being in here on my own. Yeah. Um. We've been doing bits and pieces uh, and I'm confident that it's been better. It looks better and will perform better than any than it's ever has. Like it's a yeah. better gym than it's ever been. Yeah. We just need people in it now. Yeah. Well, that's definitely a positive to come out of it. Though, yeah. It? But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to, um, I've actually been using the time recently just to rest up after like loads of injuries that i've never yeah never stopped working out on yeah so i've been taking some time off recently and at the same time trying to <laughs> looks like it shut <laughs> <laughs> up you're looking thick <laughs> with two c's um what was i saying you said you got fat <laughs> yeah i got fat um i've been resting up so i'm very much looking forward to to getting back getting back to it i really really miss it now whereas actually it's been nice to take a few weeks off of yeah but it's hard to get then get back i was just saying did, did we do a podcast at the beginning of this lockdown yeah we did over over zoom yeah yeah well it wasn't quite at the beginning but it was pretty early pretty yeah early. we was all properly locked in when we yeah did. 
I was there. There's been. I, I think I could probably speak for every single person in the UK now when I say it's been a roller coaster of emotions. Um, you know, there's been days where I've been like profoundly like peaceful and mindful about everything and taking time to like try and meditate or read yeah. or like learn some Spanish. I did one lesson, one Spanish lesson, bought a guitar. Spanish completed <laughs> it. Bought a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the all the um, really typical self improvement cliches, um, days that I've really enjoyed, and then it could literally be twenty four hours later, and I've been like feeling like I'm missing out, like I'm not progressing, like I'm going back. I mean, business wise, it's been like a nightmare for so many thousands of people yeah. and businesses. Yeah. It's like you, there's just nothing you could do to prepare for this, and it's. It really knocked everyone for six. So finding the positives out of it have been difficult some days. Yeah. Um, so it's just, yeah, I think the, the the best best thing I've done is is that regular live workout that I've been doing for people yeah. um, on our Instagram. I think a lot of people have enjoyed routine. that actually and appreciated that. Alison's yeah. certainly been doing it. I can't bear the sight of you. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, I was, saying, I was saying yesterday um, to Luke, I think it was, I, I'm genuinely sick of the sound of my own voice now. <laughs> No, yeah. honestly, mate, like kudos to you. It's been good that you've kept that up. And I think a lot of people, well, you know a lot of people, yeah. you can literally see how many people join your class. Right? Yeah. Have been well into that. Yeah, I think a lot of that has been for my own benefit yeah. as well. You know, like Not having a routine. Rails, can you? Yeah, I think um, having no routine for me in particular is just is disaster because... Yeah. Um, we'll just see you rolling back in like on day one have you seen like how Prince Nazim for example has let himself go now I, like, I haven't seen but he's probably yeah. he's like properly fat yeah just seeing you rock up on day one like alright everyone yeah. it's been really awkward now nice. talking Barbie, about yeah. fucking hell what happened to him yeah I, I I started drinking a lot at the beginning I think I yeah, said I this think. on the last podcast I, I went through a bit of a like used to get to sort of three or four o'clock I'd watch that COVID-19 update yeah with with like a bottle of wine and then just drink till I went to sleep. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. That, mine, mine got out of hand. I was breaking every every rule that we I used to have for myself, yeah. including consuming too much media. Yeah, mate, hundred percent. Yeah, I was doing that. I was on my phone. I still do this sometimes. Where I'll just randomly open my phone and I'm just staring at the screen, it's bad, isn't it? opening all my different apps. The addiction. I go to WhatsApp, that. Instagram, Sky Sports. Daily Mail, <laughs> like all sorts of <laughs> shit like that, um, which is such a waste of time and energy. But it's like those little hits of serotonin. I think that just like little like yeah. instant gratification, isn't it? Bit of Amazon. Like, yeah. Um, I tell you who I have loads of respect for is the people who've got kids at home, yeah. um, especially school age kids who are having to now work from home as well yeah. as school their children yeah i mean that's got to be yeah but i was talking to my brother about it the other day and they're, they're in that exactly he's um we're still working from home and will be for quite a long time they've got three kids all under five and yeah the homeschooling is just a freaking yeah. nightmare but you just that. he's, he's had to completely turn his routine on its head so he'll have breakfast with the kids yeah but then he'll you know be with, be with the kids quite late just helping him out and then he'll start work and then he'll go upstairs for a little bit but then you know lunchtime is now interrupted yeah, and then actually harsh. once he puts the kids to bed you then sort of 
get back on the laptop and try and catch up on the yeah. stuff you didn't do during the day. So there's that time that used to be yours as a parent. You you probably got two hours in yeah. a day, maybe once you put the kids to bed, and that's kind of now people catching up people on other catching shit. Catching up with work, yeah. So also, it, the, the people who are on their own. Yeah, you know, own, people yeah. who are single with no. Certainly for that first chunk of the lockdown. I can't. That, I mean, if you were on your on, because we were genuinely like completely isolated at the beginning. If, yeah. if you were sticking to it properly, that which seems, we were, yeah, like time time span is messed up as yeah. well. Right? I can't yeah. work out if that seems like yesterday or last in the quickest, year. longest three months ever, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really has. Yeah, big time. There does, however, seem to be some light at the end of the tunnel, right? It does feel like it feels like things are getting a bit back to normal now. Yeah. Um, socially, felt like, um, last weekend felt like the most as close to normal socially as we'd, we'd had for a while. We met some, we met Stu and that up in yeah. Wimbledon and we sat behind the hotel that was. Yeah, open. that kind of Zara Park. Yeah, yeah. And we'd do takeaway beers and pizza and stuff. And yeah. That, that felt like as close to normal as we've been for a long time. Bit scary though, I think, um, that especially if you've not been directly affected by it at all. Right. Yeah. If you don't know anyone who's had it severely or who's died, even um, it's still an invisible threat, right? And and I think now everyone's it's receded. People aren't not as many people are dying, not as many people are being affected. Um, it's easy to go back to normal, but it isn't going anywhere, and people are still dying. Yeah, um, and there's no cure. Yeah, still zero vaccine. That's it's still that's scary, man. Have you have you been ill at all during it? No. You don't think you've had it? I've had a couple of really savage hangovers. <laughs> Proper nasty red yeah. wine hangovers. Yeah, Melvick meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, not really. Because I, I can't remember if I said last time we spoke, I'm pretty convinced I'd had it very early on, yeah. like late March. And I feel like that's definitely changed changed my opinion of it in in the way that i have to be careful because i don't respect it because i've had it yeah and it other than other than a nasty you nasty should temperature. have a test i think we've just you put the heating on we, didn't I you put the, I think <laughs> I put the, had i put the heating on i thought this room was, was say, so like, hot in here we were uh we was was right before, now we're melting <laughs> is that what it was it a heater <laughs> 30 degrees, you've got the heating on. Sorry, Both mate. Thinking, I, I, do you know what? It? While we were talking then, I was pro- I'm pro- I've got a proper bead on. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Oh, Thanks, Jason. You might have just saved our lives. Um, yeah, you should have a test. Yeah. How do you even How do you even get one? don't know. <laughs> I'm should. too lazy to even look into it. I've convinced myself that I've had it because it was literally all of the symptoms. Google that shit. I have. Not right now. I've had no, it. not the symptoms. How do you get a test? Because um, no, if you've got the um, antibodies, you're you're invincible. Well, yeah. Yeah. I already was, though. But so. I think they said like 5% the, the now, 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 oh God, there's a lot of misinformation, right? But they're now saying 5% of people have had it. 5%? Only 5%. Someone might be able to correct that. Um, I think that that those numbers change just so frequently, don't they? Depending on who's yeah. saying it and what their um, did you, motive um, is. Did you happen to listen to the, the the second Elon Musk episode of the Joe Rogan yeah. podcast? Did you yeah. hear what he was saying about that? Uh, the medical industry have admitted to 
how if somebody if somebody had cancer and died or somebody got hit by a bus and then taken and they to hospital had it, yeah. and they had symptoms of it, cause of death would always be put as COVID-19. That's instantly cooler, by the way. If you just put the, if you just put... <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's nice. Aircon's on now. Um, yeah, I think that's only in the States though, isn't Is it? it? I don't I know. Don't know. Like, I can just... Because they don't have time to... They didn't have time to fuck about, right? So it's almost... I can kind of see why that's happening. What's the benefit of doing that, though? To make it sound scarier than it is. No, to because they haven't got they haven't got the resources and the time to for that aftercare and, and attention to actually why this person died, maybe to right. do whether it be autopsies or yeah. But still, even if that even if that five percent is like a conservative guess, there's still a lot of people who haven't had it still around. I can't see how opening all of these businesses and shops and things can't be done. But it, there's surely going to be another wave of this, isn't there? I think so. I think there has been in most places, wasn't there? I think Germany had a went into a another or a certain county or whatever they have in Germany went into a certain. County. Went into like a reduced. What do they have? Province, maybe. I don't know. Um, anyway, one of them went into uh, like a minor lockdown again. Yeah. Because they'd had, a, had another spike. I think America's going back up as well. But uh, as we said, I've stopped stopped following it again. To be honest with you. Do you? Work, I mean, they've stopped now. But were you watching the daily figures um, and stuff? I got well into it at one no, point. No, I, I didn't really. I was. All, I'd always watch if I thought there was an important announcement coming. Yeah, but that was it. But in terms of, I know a lot of people did that. Were really keeping their eye on the numbers and stuff like that. But yeah, that's me, me, mate. Really? Yeah, well into it. I don't get it. I think that um, when it was just when they're going down, it's a bit of like it feels like progress. Right, okay, yeah. Um, I couldn't do this again. <laughs> no. no. I, I don't think really anyone couldn't. could. I think if if you said to me now, I'd have to do another three months, or we'd have to go back into like a full lockdown. I'd be worried about a lot of people's mental health. Hundred percent. But I think they, I can't see them ever doing it. I don't think they could because, like you said, think of how many businesses are just, you know, at the cusp now of. They've just about survived this. You know, we're losing lots of big businesses constantly yeah. at the moment, aren't we? Yeah. Unemployment's going up, but we're just about at that cusp to come out of it. And I don't think they'd even consider going back to where we were in April for that reason alone. Everything collapsed, wouldn't it? Do you know Lakeside's shutting? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to you, but then that just popped into my head. Um, you, the people, see you, mate. The people who... This this might be a complete lie. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but I, I just heard on the news today that they're going into administration. Oh, right. Really? Lakeside, the Trafford Centre, by the end of today. Shit. That's I a heard lot the of Trafford Centre. That's a fucking shit ton yeah. of jobs. Yeah. They're in billions of pounds debt. Really? Yeah. Here is... That must be stressful, right? In just running a business that's constantly losing money. Mm. Um, it's always been an, an element of running businesses that I haven't been all that familiar with, but 
I know is just super frequent, especially companies just before they go public who've yeah who are, are running at a loss. I've read a wicked book, Rick. Glad you asked. Um, <laughs> called shoe dog have you read this shoot no Stuart's, and i've put it on my list i've actually got myself a kindle now as well and that's uh that's in there on the list you've just got a kindle yeah well, i was old school paperbacks mate you freak here we go i think you might be here oh our guests are arriving uh sorry that was just uh us organizing with our guest who's running a bit late um and you just told me you've got a photo shoot in two weeks time yeah so here's the Here's the coup. Here's the deal, right? At the beginning of the lockdown, I thought, this could go two ways, Chris. Either I'm coming out of this lockdown a bit fat with an alcohol problem, or I'm going to be like mega ripped Spanish-speaking guitar player. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So I so I thought, Just what can I do to hold myself accountable to try and achieve set goals over the next two, three months? And one of those... From now, you've said that to yourself recently? No, no this was day one of Sorry, lockdown. Right, okay. and so what I did was I got in contact with a guy I know who does um, like gym photo shoots, transformation photo shoots. Yeah, but so he's, done, he's done quite a few. You, book, you booked him with him, yeah, yeah. Simon does amazing work right yeah. um load of my um trainers have done shoots with him you booked one in but this was just lockdown you couldn't do yeah. it could you so anyway i got in touch with him and i booked it um thinking i'm gonna just nail it now train every day no booze eat really well get in mega shape now what transpired was Which that you booked this fairly early on in it was lockdown. quite early on it was maybe about four weeks in okay yeah um but i knew i was gonna do it but yeah. then i took a while to sort of take the plunge because it's not cheap and like i just wanted to like commit to it financially so i had to do it yeah um uh and so i'd been doing the training but I, I was kind of like jekyll and hyde like in the morning i've been training hard doing my live workouts not eating like i've been fasting in the morning then doing a little weight training session in the gym and then as it crept into the afternoon jekyll <laughs> started rearing his ugly head is it jekyll, is jekyll, jekyll, and jekyll who knows i think so yeah um and then i just started like i'd be snacking and then i'd start drinking a bit on occasions and then um the outcome was i would I was net no better. So I got put on a few pounds um, at the beginning, lost a few pounds. And then I sort of just towed the line between soft and lean. Um, But all the while I had this, this um, shoot booked in. Then things started to get a bit stressful here with all the moving around stuff and not knowing when we're opening. And I I kind of, um, I certainly put aspects of it on, on the back burner and then, the time's just been creeping around and essentially the long short of it is I've got a photo shoot in two weeks. Two weeks time. <clears throat> and how far off of photo shoot shape are you? Uh, a good six weeks. Right. Here's the here's the truth though, Ricky. Um, I think even if I was six weeks off, I would still always leave it to two or three weeks, if that makes sense. Because no, I, I, um, 
I find it very hard to be really strict on myself for long, long periods. I'm yeah. not, I'm not in bad shape now. Yeah. And so I think to get in really, really good shape, if I go for three weeks, really, really diligently tracking my food and training really hard, I'll be fine. Right. But three yeah. weeks, yeah. After that, that was probably the hardest thing for me. Is just how prolonged it was. Yeah. And I didn't expect that. Like because, the fr- and I've done it with you before. The three week. Yeah shape off thing yeah that's doable but we're talking over 12 weeks I was yeah dieting. this is why we don't have we don't do trans our transformations um take place over 6 12 and 18 weeks but they're always broken down into six week periods yeah and um, because six weeks is long enough to get a significant result but not so long that there's no light at the end of the tunnel yeah does that make sense yeah. like I think people find it very difficult to adhere to a set training methodology or nutrition plan for longer than six week chunks. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, go on. The thing that I've found about the, and this is part of the reason I wanted to do it and talk about it is that photo shoot op and, and full on, full on six pack abs, right? Yeah. Which is, which he got for your reference. Thank you. (laughs) Which is so, hard to get and so hard to maintain as well and that's just not really talked about with your cover model stars and your celebrity interviews for um you know for how they got into shaping movies they don't actually talk they just they go on about what they did and their diet this and their personal training plan that but at no point do they say oh by the way um 24 hours before you're going to need to do a water cut so you're almost cheating the system so you look leaner than you are yeah like that, no one's ever told me that, and I've never read anything. Any any celebrities never said that. But they, you look at Wolverine in in the second to last um, Wolverine film. He yeah. was just stupidly cut, right? Yeah. Like he must have done a water for, um, a water cut. Uh, yeah, I for, suspect for, so. Yeah, because I do remember reading that you'll do a specific training plan with the idea of peaking for that one topless scene that you're going to yeah. do and you'll do all the topless scenes in that one day yeah. and you're stupidly ripped yeah but they don't actually say oh yeah and I was massively dehydrated for anyone who's done a water cut I mean doing a proper water cut is is not only hard but it is quite da- not dangerous but it is like it's not good you've got you, to right? do it you've got to do it properly and it's not good for you yeah because I was going to do it specifically for the photo shoot just for the fun of for me, it'd did be, you do a walk? No, because the the photo shoot was cancelled. Oh uh, right! And then, funnily enough, I started to get ill. Yeah, COVID you look started. Really, you look really lean, like dry, lean. Like you did look good in that photo. Yeah, cheers, brother. Good for you, um, kid. And I decided, do you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do a water cut. Now seems like a dangerous time to, yeah, because it was literally just as we were coming into into lockdown, and I'd been ill. Yeah, and I was like, this is a silly. I've done Silly thing t- to I've do. Dehydrate myself. Tell I've, sorry, w- there will be people thinking, "What the hell are you going on about?" Yeah. Tell them, tell them what <laughs> it is, and tell it. them what, uh, tell them what bodybuilders do for competitions and stuff like that. Because yeah, people so won't, people don't know this. I think that the the people's perception is certainly when it comes to like bodybuilding and um, photo shoots, models, cover models, and so on, is that they look that way all the time yeah. you know that they drop their body fat down to a certain level and then they maintain that for for these events some people do look really very lean the whole time they have got very low levels of body fat but to get that really dry look that you see um 
during the um, bodybuilding events or during those specific photo shoots, they manipulate the level of fluid in their tissue. Um, and it, it, it sounds complicated, but it's actually relatively straightforward. Essentially, in the days running up to a shoot, a bodybuilder will um, overload on the amount of water they consume, which will force like fluid into their muscle, basically. Um, and uh, essentially, it may it, it, you, when you're drinking too much, the water has to go somewhere, and so you start pissing a lot yeah. basically so we drink they drink like four to five times the amount of water that they would standard drink and then they start pissing a lot and lots of so there's a big exchange of fluid so you drink a lot you excrete a lot and so on so you keep doing that so your body's flushing the water out right yeah um and so you look a bit softer uh, and and you're just spending a lot of time pissing. It's really difficult yeah. to just consume the amount of water they do. They, you see them walking around with these huge, like, gallon yeah, jugs Yeah, I'd, I'd made a start on it. Yeah. Um, and we do that sort of for about four to five days out from the shoot. Um, and then at about set, like 48 hours before, we'll start reducing that water intake drastically. Right. Um, and so... What the body does is it doesn't keep up quickly enough with that change of water. So it keeps excreting the water. So we're drinking a lot, consuming a lot, and then suddenly we're stopping, but the body carries on. The body still thinks yeah, it's flooded. Yeah, so of, the yeah. body carries on as a defense mechanism, releasing lots and lots of water. So what happens is the balance changes, and you go from being very soft and and um, wet looking, for want of a better term, to... Yeah. Um, becoming dehydrated yeah um and so what that tends to do is draw all of the fluid away from the f fat skin muscle um and you excrete it so you start looking dry yeah. basically and that's why we get they get this like ripped dry look you can see all the veins a lot yeah so they won't like on the day of the event they won't drink anything they might sip a bit of water <laughs> and then actually on the day they will carb load like so very simple carbs like fruit pastels for example right um in order to fill refill the muscle so yeah. the muscle looks very full yeah. but the skin looks very dry um so they look pumped um muscles like have a full belly yeah um but the the skin is very tight to the muscles so there's no fluid between muscle and right, skin yeah. and so have you, got you look any, really ripped have you got any clients here that you've helped with that before yeah 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 with yeah. photo shoots and stuff yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and competitions. Uh, we t to be honest, we don't tend to do, uh, we never do water cuts for clients in their transformation pictures. Yeah, because, sure, yeah. Um, not that's not, You're not, it's just not, we're not trying to promote that. Um, we're trying to promote fat loss rather than health, manipulation yeah. of, of, of fluids for a specific shoot. Um, so no, we don't tend to do it with clients. I've done it myself. Yeah, and Ellis helped um, me with it as well. Yeah. Um, and the, a lot, I mean, Ellis has done it a number of times. Yeah. You know, Ollie, Reese, a load of the trainers have done it. Would they um, have done their own? I know Ellis did, but would have Ollie and Reese probably done their own water cuts for their photo shoots as well? Yeah. 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 Um, I think they did. I'd have to double check that. They certainly look, no, they definitely did, in fact, because yeah. I was there. Yeah. They right. definitely did. Um, one thing I, one, one thing I'd add 
is it's not just for this doesn't just happen in bodybuilders it happens a lot in combat sports as well yeah yeah absolutely um you know for my last fight i had to cut i cut about five kilos in the two or three days running up to the fight which was late yeah it was four kilos and that was all water really yeah the the guys are this the thing about bodybuilders is that um it is one of the most disciplined sports i've I mean, if not the most disciplined, it's fucking hard. The prolonged right? diet. They, I mean, I'll give yeah. them so much. People, people are um, quick to judge. Like a lot of people don't understand why someone would want to look that way. Yeah. You know, they think it looks weird or like it's over the top. Why would you want to be that big? Why would you want to look that ripped? It looks, you know, why are they covered in, like, why are they so brown? Like, it's, yeah. it's really bizarre. And there are elements of it that are are bizarre. And I'm sure they'll admit that as well. That it is, it is, it's not for everyone. But I've, I've spent time with lots of bodybuilders and um, physique athletes. And they are fucking disciplined. Yeah, right. right. And they, right. If any... If anyone is well versed enough to talk to you about changing your physique, it's a, it is a competitive bodybuilder. Hundred percent, yeah. Yeah, and it might not always be. It's certainly not always the healthiest way to be to get in shape. Yeah, and you know they'll be the first to admit that. Yeah, um, that it can border on obsessive. Yeah, quite often um, it is obsessive. Yeah, uh, but I don't think you you just wouldn't achieve it if you wasn't. Like I'm obsessed with physique, and I don't think I'd have I'd have achieved what I'd done if I wasn't. I'd have given up because they're, it, they're just like, it was fucking it's intense. just so hard to get yeah. down to sort of sub, even sub ten percent body fat whilst whilst retaining lots of lean tissue is so much harder than people think. Yeah, it's hard, you know, for both males, but see, for the f- females doing it, it's even harder. Like yeah. it's just it's just so difficult. Yeah. Um, and they are, and they live it. Yeah. You know, they are incredibly disciplined. I can't like praise them highly enough for just how difficult it is. They're dedicated you know, to their you craft. Have to, they are, yeah, right? yeah. You have to sacrifice a lot to yeah. hi- compete at a high level in like physique or bodybuilding. Yeah. I, I say sacrifice that they love it. I'm sure because you wouldn't be doing it otherwise. But like. You know, I've I've been out with people who I've been out to restaurants with mates who are doing it, and they will come but bring a Tupperware and yeah. not eat the meal, and they'll be or they'll be in their car eating yeah. uh, like their meal. They have to measure everything, weigh everything, yeah. track That's everything. One thing that I struggled with is you realise our attachment socially with um, with food and how. Once that's gone, once like bodybuilders don't really enjoy eating, I think that's pretty pretty obvious because in in, in a competition prep, everything's everything's very dry, very lean. There's no yeah. real sources, right? Shit ton of chicken, shit ton of plain fish, shit ton of rice, and like broccoli, nice and loads and loads of veg, right? And loads of water. Yeah, and that's and the odd treat that keeps him sane. Like Ellis was saying to me, he uh, he loved an ice pole. Yeah, that just something sweet really, really helped yeah. him out and got him through it. But and that's that's your treat, like. An and they pop. train like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Like their sessions aren't like my half an hour hit sessions. They're like mega high volume. Yeah, m- loads of time under tension. Like it's it's it, yeah. I mean, it's not for me. 
Yeah. Um, it's good to experience it though. I, I, I just, my, you, just my just legs are too skinny. Like I just <laughs> basically, um, you know, it's, it's just takes and requires an incredible amount of work and discipline. So, um, and yeah, so for so prolonged amounts of time as well. Yeah, I mean, li- li- my other half, she she's prepared for a um, physique bikini contests, yeah. um, which got cancelled because of this lockdown. But she, I mean, you have to live it. You yeah. know, and she, she's doing so much and measuring everything and it and it takes its toll even on the people you live with like yeah. because everything becomes about like measuring and weighing and tracking your food and yeah. when are you going to train and what can you eat after and eating like pre and peri nutrition it's yeah Ellis I remember the last thing Ellis said to me on the last session I had with him um, no sorry in one of the early ones when he took me through the whole plan um, and as he walked off he said to me um, if you're happy, you're doing it wrong. Then he just chuckled to himself and then walked off. Yeah. Like, brilliant. But then as things went on, like I jumped down to say, as soon as I was on 2,800 calories a day, which would be um, me in a deficit roughly as long as I'm exercising. Straight 2,800. away. 2,800? Yeah. yeah. Straight it's away, I was like, mm. this is this is annoying. Yeah. Now I've got to think about what I'm eating. And then, yeah. once, and then over however many weeks, 12 odd, and I'm down to 2,000 calories. You are hungry all day, yeah, every day, yeah, and then that Miserable. starts to affect your mood more than you. You sort of say to yourself, "No, I won't turn into, I won't, won't be a prick, I won't, won't be like that. Just suck it up and get on with it." But then you just can't help it. You're just obsessed yeah. with food all day, yeah, and then you realise that I you're think, just short. I think it's worth weighing it all up. I think if people haven't, if people are unhappy with their physique and you're looking for a challenge, I think doing a some kind of transformation doesn't need to be competing, but like a yeah. photo shoot or, you know, just a challenge to get down to a certain weight um, before and after pictures. It's an amazing thing to have done once. I think everyone, certainly if they want to, um, if, they, if they work in our industry, if you haven't already got into the best shape of your life and looked really lean, at least once i i'm still of the opinion that you shouldn't you, you're not really very well placed to tell clients how to do it right yeah if you haven't been through that process but you're telling everyone else yeah. what to do but you've not experienced it i really think you need to very quickly do it for yourself so that you you know yeah. so that you can and you just can to, feel what they're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I think, so I think every trainer should have a photo of them looking really, really lean. Yeah. You know, and some people might disagree with me, but they were, they would be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see why diets fail because the second I tell myself, right, you're not allowed something, you just want it constantly. But, and that's why, like, your guys' approach here, I think, is just, the right way because you don't you won't just eliminate food groups right yeah and unless unless you are going intense uh shape off for three weeks then yeah you're getting serious but if for for someone that just wants to be a little bit healthier and they're thinking you're thinking long term they're not photo shoot they're not three week challenge yeah you're not you're telling keep the things you enjoy right uh you're not so eliminating look, when it comes to fat loss and we, I've, i'm sure i've said this on the podcast before 
there is no one in the history of the world ever who hasn't lost fat in a calorie deficit. Yeah? yeah. So if you just want to lose fat and get in a bit better shape, it's not about removing whole food groups or going high carb, low carb, high protein, yeah. keto, whatever it is. It's all just one. It's all just different names and words for saying <laughs> eat less calories. <laughs> then you're burning off yeah that's all it is and yeah. that's the only thing about any nutrition plan that works is that you're eating less yeah i don't care who says otherwise i would love someone to come on this podcast and debate that with me and say that that you can eat in a calorie surplus but lose weight it's impossible yeah yeah there, there is no there's no you you cannot put on fat without being in a surplus you cannot lose fat without being in a deficit yeah. simple as that there is is that cut and dry yeah um so how you go about doing that is down to preference yeah yeah so some people like me i like fasting in the morning cramming my calories into a smaller window therefore eating less calories yeah. therefore losing fat some people like to cut carbs because eating a high protein diet works for them some people like juicing yeah. whatever it is that you like that works that's sustainable juicing is a load of bollocks by the way um because it's not sustainable yeah um works best for people and i think the most sustainable and manageable and long-term way of doing it is just by eating everything in moderation yeah you know so you there's no need you know if and also like the the one that's most pleasurable we talk about bodybuilders and physique athletes and you know they they'd be the first to admit that they don't want to eat like that full time yeah um you know and and quite often when they are not in um competition prep when they're not in season their nutrition will be the exact opposite in yeah, that they will eat in a huge surplus so that they can build lean tissue right so they can build muscle yeah um so quite often they put on a fair amount of fat when they're off season um because they're not capping their nutrition. Yeah. Um, I forget where I'm going with this, Rick, but long and short of it is we don't overcomplicate your nutrition, certainly not for fat loss. Um, and the easiest way of doing it is counting calories. Yeah. You know? But um, even, even that, like you said, with being on my fitness pal for everything that you have to put in your mouth has to go on your phone. And after a while, you do get the ump on that. You do, yeah. But I think once you've done that um, for a, a period of time, then you become far more mindful about the calorie density of foods. Yeah. And so, you know, I would always recommend if people haven't spent four to six weeks tracking tracking everything that they ever ever put in their mouth. Yeah. For that period of time, um, then don't try any other nutrition plan until you've tried doing yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other fat loss yeah. plan to you try doing that because that is the one that will educate you the most yeah. because we really really regularly see people come in and say um i'm eating perfectly i eat loads of vegetables lean meats and fish complex carbs around work whatever and on paper the foods that they eat are really nutritionally dense but their calorie density is too high as well so yeah. they're putting on fat even though they're eating really well so it's about portion control um uh, and the level of macros that they're eating, but that all of that stuff's important. But nothing's more important than total number of calories in and out. Yeah. On them, we touched on it earlier about the sort of obesity being one of the biggest risks for COVID. Yeah. And another thing that isn't being mentioned is how to everyone to um, 
help help their immune systems and take care of themselves at the moment. Yeah. With um with immune systems, I've always wondered because there's a lot of pseudo out there as well and yeah. and fads and things like that with certain foods that you should eat and shouldn't eat and foods to avoid for inflammation. What if someone said to you about that come to you and said they were genuinely concerned and they want to help boost their immune system, so yeah. they actually use that term. What sort of what sort of things would you be telling them to do? Look, I'm I'm by no means an expert. The immune system is far more complicated than people give credit to. Um, just from the outset, that's worth mentioning that there's yeah. a number of different things that it could be that is suppressing your immune system that isn't anything to do with your nutrition. Yeah. Um, but as a general blanket statement, the first thing I would do is improve your sleep. Yeah. Um, sleep is the forgotten hero for the immune system um, and a really easy fix. And that's where we recover, yeah. you know, and if we're not sleeping well, um, we're missing out on a myriad of health benefits. You know, fat loss is another one for for sleep. You know, if you're not sleeping, it's really difficult to maintain. Um, what do you What do you aim for generally on sleep? Eight hours. You always aim right. You, oh, you, listen, I won't compromise on sleep. Really, I, I think yeah. Um, I, I always always try and get eight hours sleep. And um, there, don't get me wrong. There are certainly evenings where I'm not getting that, but. I don't do that from very often. Yeah. Yeah. Call yourself um, pretty early. It's so important. Yeah. And vast portions of our um, population are sleep deprived. Yeah. Um, even people who are getting, who are in bed for eight hours, doesn't mean they're getting eight hours of good sleep. Yeah. Um, restorative sleep. You know, that is a whole podcast worth of conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but first thing I would do it, to boost your immune system, sleep more. The second thing I would do would be to get a nice variety of nutrient dense foods in your diet, like lots of vegetables, lots of different colored vegetables, um, you know, different, a big variety of fruits. You know, people are just terrified of eating too much fruit. You know, as long as you are in a calorie deficit, you're tracking what you're eating. You're not going to, you're not going to, um, yeah, that's um, fat eating an apple. That's our friend Dave Asprey's bulletproof man. Yeah, partly his fault. He's yeah, uh, so he's putting butter in your coffee. You know, yeah, like shit like that is. But not the, these fads, and he he used to like he would call fruit sugar. I can't believe anyone would eat eat fruit. It's just a sugary bag of water. It's like well, for fuck's sake, it's more. Yeah, than I mean, like look, the, you've got to, you've got to be um, have an open mind when it comes to nutrition because there are just so many people out there trying to make money from like a certain restriction certain way of eating like by removing food groups by promoting a certain product supplements and so on um you know never has there been a bigger load of bollocks spoken than fruit is a bag of watery sugar like yeah. that is such a load of bollocks there's one fruit is much more nutrient dense than sugar yeah. Yeah. So fructose is a natural form of sugar, sure. Um, it is a carbohydrate, sure. But also, fruit is hugely nutrient dense, and it's also full of fiber and yeah. roughage. Yeah. You know, so um, you can't, you cannot compare a ju a bottle of innocent orange juice, which has ten oranges in, with ten oranges. Right. Yeah. You know, the nutrient profile of them is very, very different. Right. Because um, there's zero fiber. And yeah. Well. Yeah. In the, you've, in the yeah. You've just innocent yeah, juice. Yeah. yeah exactly that so you know when you're 
when you're looking at smoothies and juices and stuff like that, it's no comparison. Also, um, satiety. Like, if I drink a glass of orange juice with four oranges in, I don't feel full. If I eat four oranges, four full oranges, I start feeling full. Yeah. Yeah. You know, same amount of calories. Yeah. Different effect on your satiety. Yeah. So, um, without diversing too much, if we want to improve our immune system through nutrition, just a nice variety of vegetables and fruits is going to help. Yeah. Um, you know, just to improve your gut microbiome, you know, um, like a wide variety of um, uh, fruits and veggies is going to help. You know, like lean meats and fish. Yeah. Complex carbohydrates, you know, not vast amounts of them, but certainly around workouts. Um, and I, and I think just removing stimulants and toxins and stress again, um, you know, we can't fix and have this like bulletproof immune system if we're constantly bombarding it with stress. Yeah. That's, that, that's a big one, right? Cause you could be working out four times a week, getting your sleep. Well, I say getting your sleep. If you're if you're properly stressed out, then actually you probably won't be getting proper restorative sleep, will Correct, you? Because yeah. we've all been there when you're lying awake at night, stressing and thinking about all the world's problems yeah, and not getting that's me. A decent that's sleep. Me <laughs> yeah, I have the one where yeah. you wake wake up about three and then decide I'm gonna freaking design something in my head and yeah. your brain's just on fire, just going for it. Yeah. My brother um, was telling me he just gets because sometimes I don't know if it's the same for you, but I can be awake for three hours in the middle of the night. If that, yeah, not, I've not, it's not you, often. Yeah. <laughs> Go to sleep, Rick. Go to sleep. <laughs> Stroking your head. My brother said, and I should employ this tactic, but I never do. I just lie there and freaking ceiling watch. Yeah. He'll just get up and go and do something. He's into his art, so we'll get up and go and start drawing. Just give up, let it happen, go with it. Because See, I'm, I'm up for the whole day if I do that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because Especially I've now never, when it's so light outside. Yeah. I never managed to manage to successfully battle it though. I just have to lie in bed and ride it out. Just get all the thoughts out, get it done, and it's like it can be up to three hours yeah. sometimes. And yeah. then you end up falling asleep about an hour before your freaking alarm goes. Yeah, that's awful, off, isn't it? And then woke up, then wake up just broken. Yeah, stinker. But it it doesn't need to be any more complex than that, does it? Diet and diet and sleep and exercise, right? Um, and I think just yeah, re reducing stress. Yeah. Um. You know, stimulants, lots of alcohol doesn't help. Yeah. Um, smoking, drugs, recreational drugs, like whatever you're doing, it's going to put stress on your immune system. Um, mindset as well. Yeah. Um, Have you, how, how are you at the moment with your, with your diet and routine and what have you? I've just, because like you, I was drinking too much again. Um, but I'm now just starting to, I almost let myself off in lockdown because it was shit, wasn't it? Yeah. Let's all be honest, it was fucking crap. Yeah. No, it was like zero social, we're all stuck indoors. And then slowly we've been allowed a little bit of our lives back kind of thing. And yeah. it's still not quite there. It's still weird, isn't it? Very. Um, but I sort of let myself off a few things here and there. Yeah. Like actually I was enjoying a couple of drinks on a Friday and Saturday night. It was every day of the week, actually, Same. initially. But then I wound it back into just at the weekend. Then I found I was drinking loads at the weekend. Yeah. So I was like, right, try and get a balance going. And I'm just yeah. about managing to sort of wean myself back in now. He's got a hip flop. I can see a hip flop. 
If he's and empty, he's, I've done it. Blazer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, where are you at? Are, are you? Um, I'd still. I'm still drinking, but I'm not getting drunk. Right. He <laughs> <laughs> just winked at me, but <laughs> I'm not. I don't know. Do you know what? It's... This might be Sean. Oh, okay. Here's Sean. Hello, mate. Sweet. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by Sean. Sean, what's your surname? I don't even Suku. Suku. Yeah. Good. How do you spell that? S U S O K O. Cool. Um, Sean's here and um, he's just, I'm so glad that you've arrived because Rick and I are having a really boring conversation. <laughs> um, it's probably boring. Yeah, which, which is going to go out as an episode on its own. So if anyone listens to that before this, you're welcome. Um, Sean and I have um, met a couple of times before and I have been um, eating your food basically Good. over the last few months um, which he kindly sent over to us um, which have been a bit of a saviour and I'll explain why in a bit um, okay. but this is the first time you guys have met right? Yeah yeah yeah. we spoke on the phone but um, but Sean was just asking you about social distancing um, which I think is a good one because it's, it's awkward socially at the moment right because Sean just arrived and we wasn't sure we are shaking hands we're oh, not right, shaking yeah, hands yeah. So are you paranoid about Covid or you're not you never really know, so it's best just to ask people, I think. Yeah, I, I just tend to just, I ask the question yeah. um, before, because I'm, I'm respectful of other people's um, views and feelings around it, so I'll always kind of do that, and then after that, it's like, all right, cool, you kind of know. Yeah, because we can't live in fear forever, right? No, it's difficult at the moment, isn't it? Because it's difficult, right, so some businesses, for example, you you've been... Yours is an essential business, yeah. Yeah, and so you've been. I bet you've been busy, right? Yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 different because um, one half of our business, the wholesale channel, as as you'd know. Yeah. Um, so we sell into gyms, uh, health food shops, that kind of thing. Uh, that side of the business is completely dead, but the regular, course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the regular B two C side has been growing month to month. So we've been kind of experienced on average around thirty percent, but that's what we were getting months and months before that anyway so yeah yeah yeah, it's, of course, yeah, yeah. it's quite quick we're we're at quite a steep growth curve but yeah. which is good and very lucky um that because when it first happened i'll just like everyone sitting there thinking what is going to happen now yeah. um but yeah luckily we're definitely amongst some of the more fortunate businesses that we're still kind of ticking over yeah so i think everyone's um perception of what's right and wrong and the rules that they want to stick adhere to and bend a little bit and it is all so case dependent on like how they're having to like cope with it because yeah. you know people who like in a front line are having a very different experience to someone like Us, me who's just yeah. shut someone like you can't do your normal work and yeah. have had to really isolate and then there's that whole spread of people in between yeah. and you're right when you say you can't like we can't live in fear but at the same time like we said earlier it's still a very real it's still a very real um disease yeah and and it's not going away and there is no vaccine and so we're having to and this is such a difficult job for the government and by the way you've knobbed it by not letting me open the gym yeah yeah but it is an impossible task right because there's there's yeah we can't keep these businesses locked down forever but you can't just let, I mean, 
you've got you've got hope that people have enough common sense and we already know the answers to this um to be able to go about a, a semi-normal life yep. uh, help everyone reopen rebuild the economy without sacrificing lots of lives but i mean we've seen that this week we've seen this week already that people are fucking that up yeah but see i i don't get as angry as other people when i see a crowd of boots because it's like i mean you don't know all them people you don't know their situation sure there's going to be some people that are disrespecting rules and distancing and stuff like that but how do you tell someone that's been locked in for god knows how long that doesn't have a garden that might be in a flat with kids and now they're, they're they are allowed to go to the beach they're allowed out they're allowed to meet um in groups of six yeah they're like let's go to the beach you get to the beach early there's a few people about great and then more people arrive I don't know. It's like I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying people shouldn't go out and do bits. I'm yeah. just saying there are a very small minority of people who, um, you know, people are having fights and like, yeah. and having parties and raves well, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's yeah. That might knob it for everyone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I but I think know. let's be optimistic today, Ricky. Absolutely. It's not going to happen. Sean, thank you so much for coming. Thank mate. you. Um, I've wanted to get you on the podcast for ages since we met. Um, I think a good place to any to start with is Winnie's Meals and how it came about and what it is and how yeah. it's different to other meal prep companies because you have got a unique story and you're doing things differently. Yeah, um, I'll try and give the, I suppose, the long story very short. Um, I always wanted to be a doctor, which was, uh, I don't know why, it was just I had my being from Caribbean background, so my um, my mum's Jamaican, my dad's actually, well, Indo-Caribbean, my dad's uh, Indian, but from uh, Trinidad and Tobago, uh, from kind of where they're from, and, and very humble beginnings, it's all about education, 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 yeah. so um, I've, I was always a straight A student, and then it just kind went of... Went to school, you born and went to school in the UK, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, so yeah. born and went to school in the UK, um, always had straight A's, and it kind of lent its way to me wanting to be a doctor so um i had an offer at cambridge university um and i decided to um i did i deferred for a year didn't want to go straight in because i'd just done 18 years of solid education no breaks um then the second year i actually ended up going to ucl to study a, a medicine a six-year course and about that. yeah it is a slog well i didn't last very long <laughs> after about uh two months um it was just a complete clash of um just beliefs to be totally if i'm going to be completely transparent yeah um at the time i was i was learning a lot about nutrition and preventative medicine and how people can be well and stay and and not kind of get ill in the first place but then from a lecture perspective everything was kind of this is the cure for this this yeah. is the cure for that um and then when i then d did a little bit more research into kind of the pharmaceutical industry and how ultimately this is a huge business um and i'm speaking very openly now yeah. um it's yeah for me i just felt that it wasn't kind of the route i wanted to go down um, when I read stats like seven in 10 people with, well, seven in 10 wellness issues could be prevented with better nutritional choices. And that's a World Health Organization stat. That means 70% of people who are sitting in front of a doctor um, sh wouldn't be there if they just knew more about nutrition. But why do we not push that? Um, yeah. Why are we 
why have we got loads and loads of adverts about different painkillers and and this yeah. and that and then it got deeper into it into things like statins um which they give people for uh, high cholesterol they love to prescribe statins so it's a, it's against about 70 percent of the pharmaceutical industry worldwide is just that one drug statins but is the easiest really? way to reduce cholesterol is just to reduce your intake yeah, of saturated if, fat if i go to a doctor with um high cholesterol and high blood pressure right they're going to put me on statins rather than say sort your fucking diet out mate exactly so i don't it's think amazing. um what does a statin actually do it just it just it just, it just it just takes cholesterol out of your, out of your system. Out of your system. Um, it's not an issue. I don't think it's do it's necessarily doctors. It's it's what doctors are taught and and what they so they don't know any different. They're they're just ignorant uh, to it. A lot of doctors don't have a clue about nutrition. Scary, um, right? It I, is really scary in the states, especially. Um, I don't know if you experienced this at, at, when you were at medical school, but. I read um, I read Michael Gerber's How Not to Die. Have you read this book? Or How Not no, to Die? Um, really good. He's got a website called nutritionfacts.org, I think. And it's a really unbiased um, review of peer-reviewed studies yep. around nutrition. Not-for-profit. Um, and he did a study about all of the American medicine colleges. And they got on, I think, the highest amount of at time dedicated to nutrition was nine hours over the course or over one year of the course yeah for the whole education yeah. of nutrition nine out that was the highest yeah i'm not sure when this was done but it, was, it, could, it could have been a few years but it may well have changed but i, I doubt very much it's changed enough and we and we know why yeah right and it's money yeah isn't yeah, it? yeah like, of course unfortunately there's more money in sickness than there is in health that's it yeah. yeah so you're starting to become more aware of this in uni yeah in uni and I'd, I'd, so i dropped out um i i actually dropped out and then it took me a while to actually tell my parents that i dropped out because i knew it was classic I, it, it's just bragging right so pe it's like oh son's doing medicine yeah. whatever yeah. um what do you do just sort of leave the house and knock about the bus stop for a few hours yeah and something like that um <laughs> and then so you're, uh, in, you're in the states though no, 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 no. Uh, this is here. Oh, UCL. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you're in. You're in. Yeah, London. no. Um, yeah, UCL. So University yeah. College yeah, yeah. London. Yeah. So um, that that it was a tough time for me. And uh, you, you, did you actively drop out because you saw you was being taught that? Um, yeah, it, I I just didn't believe in it, and into. I I went to be totally honest. I went into it, and on reflection, I went into it for the wrong reasons in the first place because I went into it because. I had the grades and that's kind of what my parents wanted yeah, me to do. Yeah, so either way, even whether I was kind of, whether it was that or not, it was the, it was the kind of clash of ethics that kind of made me realize, you know what? I, I just don't even want to put the effort into doing this in the first yeah, place. Yeah. It's not really what I want to do. So, so I just fell into it because yeah. of the grades and the yeah. what was expected of you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I ended up going from there. Uh, I told my, um, my parents, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, uh, that's not a word that's in their dictionary. So yeah. they just thought I was crazy. Right. Um, I got into network marketing and that's when I was first what introduced sort of to. You, um, so this is 19. Right. Yeah. So at 19, so I did, um, I got involved in network marketing, which was um, one of the, I'd say the most important personal development exercise that I've ever kind of, yeah. and that's what I've 
that's what I'd call it. Because, yeah, from a business perspective, it didn't have any longevity, but I was exposed to the world of personal development. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it was pretty life-changing, to be honest. Um, Where did you do that? So that was again, that was again here. Um, I built a, a, an organisation of around, yeah, 300 people. I was, uh, I spoke in front of 5,000 people in, in like big arenas. Like I did, I, I got very, very involved, but it just opened my mind up to kind of what was possible yeah. uh, and that kind of working necessarily for in a, in a nine to five job or for someone wasn't, was never really going to be for me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, then during that process, um, I was doing a bit of P uh, personal training as well. And um, I was actually buying uh, meal preps off a friend of mine. He was a good cook um, and he was a student. So I thought, oh, let me just put some yeah. money in his pocket and he was helping me. So um, at the time I was preparing for a fitness um, competition and I was taking these bags home to put in my freezer. And my mum said to me, oh, why didn't you ask me? I would have cooked your meals for you. So um, she started cooking my uh, my meals, um, was taking them to work and um, to and, and all the rest of it. And people were asking, oh, like, what's that? Because as soon as you heat it up, the smell just kind of permeates through the room and uh, people were asking about it. So I actually just started selling it to a few people. Just, um, just Your mum just thought yeah. you were really hungry, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, just, I, just said, I kept saying, oh, mum, do you reckon you could cook like another 20 meals? And then, <laughs> and then it kind of went from there. And um, at this point, yeah, it wasn't a business. Um, it went from that to around the local area, word getting around a little bit. So we used to have like queues of cars. Like it was a quiet, like cul-de-sac road. And we'd have on a Sunday, like queues of cars picking up their week's worth really? of, of meal prep. And then, that, so this is, it, this is in Essex now. Right. So uh, this is like Hornchurch direction. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, it kind of just went from there. I cut, and then I thought, oh, do you know what this, because at the time there wasn't, I didn't know of any meal prep companies. Mm. Um, I was very young, had a very little amount of experience in business, um, only from reading books. Yeah. Um, but I thought, yeah, this could be a thing. So um, named it after my mum, because I wanted to give it that home cooked kind of vibe. Um, and she was the first chef that I employed. And yeah, kind of fast forward on. To how, how long ago was this, Sean? Right, so this was four years ago. Right. Yeah, so I was 21. Yeah. So your mum's doing all the all the recipes of the lot. She's designing designing the meals. Are you getting involved like on the nutrition side and stuff as well? Or? Right, so no, funny, the funny thing is now it, it got too big for, like, for her. Yeah, yeah. Because she's not a chef by trade. She's just... She's just that. Your mum, yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. my mum. You know, we've all got either a mum or an aunt that we just love going to their house because they just they're brilliant at cooking. Yeah, that's just her. So yeah. it got too big for her. Um, I then employed other chefs. She now helps with more the compliance side of things. So when we're inspected and yeah. all that kind of stuff, the paperwork and all that protocol stuff. Uh, for me, um, it I'm I'm straight business now. So um, sales. Um, I head up some of our marketing activities, just kind of making sure everything yeah, is where it yeah. needs to yeah. go. Yeah, and it's only four. So it's sort of, well, not officially, but it's kind of about four years old now. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so it's just under four years uh, trading. So yes, about three and a half years trading. Um, again, uh, I can't even really count. Almost like the first year because I just didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. 
Um, Make it up as you go. Yeah, the amount of... I had some nightmares just logistically because, again, it wasn't something that was really being done, like sending food in the post. I didn't know of another company that was doing it. Right. and I didn't have a clue about business. It's a young, it's a young sector, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? very young, very young. So yeah, there's still. No, and in young sectors, it's quite difficult to find a, a framework. Yeah. So you've got to make your own mistakes. That's yeah, it. It's not there was there yeah. anyone to learn off or copy even. Yeah. So that's and with that being said, and like like you said, because there's no kind of blueprint to, yeah. to kind of doing it, constantly just new businesses come and go. Yeah. every week uh, in and out of the industry because they either get the it, it tends to be maybe pts that want to try a little thing yeah. and then it doesn't really work because they maybe don't have the business acumen or understand the financials behind it or or loads of how other much things. work it takes yeah because right. business is a very different yeah. thing to yeah. kind of yeah there's a there's a difference between being a good chef and running a good yeah. restaurant that's yeah. it. And yeah. running a good restaurant, you wouldn't, you don't even need to have picked up a spoon yeah. in your life. Yeah. But you can run a we restaurant. See, I've seen that. I've seen it so, so much in our industry, but I've seen it in other industries as well, where people, they love the process of what they do, the actual day to day skill of creating food, yeah. and then will fall out of love with that as soon as they take the next step, which is running a business yeah. you know managing people logistics marketing bookkeeping yeah like it, it it sucks the fun out of the thing they love yeah um so it's you've got to be it takes a different different type of person to run a business you know we see this a lot um so i know how hard that is yeah yeah that so did you you literally move from your home kitchen to you you must have had to get yourself a, a premises somewhere did you to, to start proper manufacturing yeah, so this is again an interesting one, and one that that's why I like to say that the first even couple of years were just, yeah, it it was just we get a little bit of uh, progress and then we hit this wall. So basically, what I did was, um, at I had no funds behind me. I've I've had no investment. Um, everything's been self-funded and all the rest of it. So in my head and in my naive kind of business mind at the time. I felt as though the easiest way for me to scale it and not actually have to have a premise, uh, premises was actually to um, employ chefs or subcontractors who had their own kitchens. Okay. So I just get food standards in, they whiz around, give them the thumbs up and then we can operate from their kitchen as well. Great. So I actually had at one point eight chefs with eight kitchens all cooking like one or two main dishes each. Yeah. And logistically, if you can imagine, we had at the time the business, the main business where operations was from was actually my mum and dad's garage. Yeah. We had loads of chest freezers in there. Then the chefs would be driving from wherever they are, dropping off uh, the food so it can be frozen. And then we then ship from that location. Right. So it they, they was, drop it off pre-packaged in a single portion. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it was just individual ready meals that yeah. we just uh, stored in uh, in the freezer. Um, we went for frozen because um, I'm anti-preservatives and we yeah. use very low uh, low salt con- uh, salt content. So um, obviously anyone that can kind of tell you, oh, put this in your fridge for five, six, seven days, you, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's fresh food. Doesn't yeah, it's, yeah. Run it's not. It, yeah, you know, that's not that's not pure. So. Uh, for me, um, and I hate waste as well. That's something that I really cannot stand. So ha- giving people the frozen option um, gives them two to three months in the freezer. 
um they don't really and truly it lasts forever but we have yeah. to say by law yeah. you've got three months yeah. um and then um yeah they've got a, they've got a perfectly healthy meal so it's always from, from day one it's always arrived frozen and yep. it still does today exactly right? yeah right. that must have been so you're 22 just probably as you're and figuring that, this out at, oh, at this that point is just starting uh, yeah 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 and stuff? yeah that's it yeah 22 so what happened from there then when when did you realize that this is just getting a bit out of hand right so we got to doing around five six seven hundred meals a week um and it was just logistically very difficult um i had chefs kind of come and go um and then it actually got to a point where i was a bit i was a bit sick of it because i couldn't see that jump yeah. I, I couldn't see the step from kind of where we are now to kind of where we need where we needed to be i in a commercial unit with employed uh, chefs and kind of scaling from there i just didn't have the money um behind me to do it um then i actually um met a business co uh, like sales consultant to actually inquire into actually selling the business um the reason i got to that point where i knew it was either there was one of two ways i either need to sell it or i need to go with it but oh, yeah. where i was was just not it, it couldn't go on another year um was so stressed out yeah I, I was stressed out not the, the the thing that stressed me out the most was the turning away of business right so we had we would have customers that for example it, it turned out they were just snooping for their gym um and then they'd get our food loved it and be like right can we start stocking you um in in our gym and i was like um no we're at capacity that as you can imagine mm. you guys as as a business owner entrepreneur that is that there, i don't painful, think there's anything yeah. more painful than yeah, yeah. turning away it, it's hard losing business but i think turning away business is just a different pain yeah um That's so after taking that for about a year of turning away business i i made that decision right i need to go one or two ways so i got the business valued and was actually pr like proceeding with that but at the same time i was i just kept just thinking like what if what if i just 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 go for it um scraped together everything i had um i found a i decided to start looking at premises like further afield because again to scale um to to get i needed around three to three and a half thousand square foot right. um to kind of go where i wanted to go because yeah. i didn't want to move and then move and then move yeah, i course, just want to yeah. just go somewhere where we can scale to two two to three million pound and then we'll yeah. just kind of do it that way yeah. so um i went uh, ended up looking at some premises up in birmingham and managed to find something um really good just just over three and a half thousand square foot um it's got a mezzanine floor so we've got two floors and um yeah i just put all of my money into it and um yeah we've got a commercial kitchen walk-in freezers um i've got staff that are now operating and now we're ready to to go for it yeah nice so how long ago was that that you took on the oh payment? so that that was actually only february the third we moved into that unit we i took on the lease in november but the amount of work that needed to be done, it, it, it was an absolute dive. Like really? um, the people who were there before us had an aquarium. They, they bred fish. Right. But I'm talking these tanks that are like the size of a room. Um, 
they'd let they had a falling out they they just tipped tipped everything out there was just water dam everything was water damaged there was just like literally rotting fish Brilliant. like yeah. and they had Perfect. rats they had yeah. loads of it was just um it was yeah it was it was a lot of work we ripped down all the walls ripped down the ceilings everything and now it's fully kitted out um and yeah we've just got some more work to do upstairs because i need to build another kitchen um and once that's done we're we're fully ready to so you've been spending a lot of time to and throwing from birmingham then yeah yeah so i um i think when you when you asked me where i was based i, I, I couldn't even think what to what to <laughs> respond to that um i, I don't know yeah i my place is down here yeah um my mum and dad live um up north now in crew um like cheshire and then my business in birmingham in the middle so especially with covid i've been doing my work from home down south more like more so than being up there right. but i kind of am between the three yeah. so yeah so how's um how's that affected business the whole pandemic um the first week was just ridiculous um when someone and i think people are quite the average person is a little bit fickle. So I reckon it might have just started in a it, maybe a pub conversation where someone said, oh, so you, you need to stock up on everything. Like, mm. this, like there's me. not going to be any food. That. It was I you, right? That, that. that yeah, makes sense. Get on that yeah. meals, boys. Someone, someone <laughs> said something about, and I don't know where this kind of idea came from that everyone thought, right, we need to rush to supermarkets yeah, and mad, we need to it? buy as Probably much as we can. Um, yeah, it, I, probably. Now the um, our, our like service also received that spike, but then because of the supply chain issues caused by everyone's panic buying, we had to go as far as Manchester and Liverpool to get rice. Really, like <laughs> it was just ridiculous. I've I've never that we were around the clock working day and night to fulfil um, orders, like to bring on more staff, and we just could just about get the food the customers were none the wiser yeah. and i'm again so blessed that it was just about kind of manageable behind yeah. the scenes it was chaos yeah it always is right always yeah. is. but <laughs> as long as that to be yeah. honest i couldn't care less because as long as my fires. customers are happy yeah yeah then i'm i'm kind of happy with that yeah. but yeah when you're when you're kind of going driving two two hours to, to to fill up your car with just rice and then doing the same again to get pasta from two hours the other way yeah it was just That's bonkers, carnage, yeah, carnage. But but then it started to sort of steady out. Yeah, yeah. So now it's we're back. We were we got back down to normal levels after about two weeks, and then now we're back to normal growth. So um, at the same time, I think it's been a great it's been a great time uh, for just people in general. I think just to stop. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Because we have so much we all have ideas of kind of we want to put this in, into place and this into place, but life kind of goes and we, we put it off and mm. being forced to stop and think or think outside the box at least has been fantastic for us. Cause um, I've been able to kind of put a lot of things in place that if we were just to able, yes, we're still growing month to month, but if we were going to grow month to month with, gyms like more gyms and more more wholesalers and we grew kind of even at faster rate we wouldn't we, we would have dropped the ball a lot more yeah 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 something uh, another friend said who owns a business recently it's been a real good time to kind of 
get your shop in order, you know, just them, them snagging things that you never catch up to, whether it's updating your website and all That's that it. kind of stuff. It's actually been quite a good time to almost take a step back and go, yeah. right. Also, I think for people just to figure out if what they're doing is actually what they want to be doing. Yeah. Is that as well? Um, you know, because I, I had this at the beginning, you know, like it's, I think everyone has had this thought over the last few months. Yeah. It's like just to really assess because it, you've just seen just how fragile life is, the economy is, businesses, And I think it's now is a good time to sort of take stock, isn't it? And I think if you're looking forward to going back to work, then, you know, you, you're in the right you're in the place. Right game. Yeah. yeah. If you're thinking this is a nice holiday, you should change what you're doing. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah. That's you know, I, I, the, the, the more time I spend in business, having a business, the more stressful it becomes. Um, but the more you realize that you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that comes whether you're, it's never easy ever. And there's always problems, but if you were doing something else that you weren't passionate about, that you didn't love, then you'd be thinking, fuck these problems. Yep. You know, these are not my problems. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, I don't like this. I'm not here for, for this stress. Whereas you can kind of ride out the stress of a passion project and I think everyone's got to try and find something like that. It doesn't need to be your full-time job, perhaps, but I think everyone needs to have that, you know, you've got to have that wake up in the morning and be like, yes, go. can't got to get to work. And if you're running a business, the people who work with you and for you, they need that, right? Because if you haven't got that and you're doing it, you know, you're, you're selling something you don't want to buy yourself. Yeah. Or it's just, it's so transparent. Um. So, yeah, it has been a bizarre time, hasn't it? been weird yeah what what i was going to ask um sean is for for people that have never seen the winnie's brand before what you know there are lots of meal prep companies around now it seems to have just happened overnight doesn't it that there's you know everyone making these meal prep things for me perhaps i'm noticing it more because i have a gym yeah so we've spoken to loads of meal prep companies who come in and um and bring their samples and stuff what what makes winnie's different to them um i think it's more the home cooked kind of feel and vibe to to what we do the you could you can taste from the food that it's it's not been it's not part of this massive conveyor belt where yeah. just and there's there, there's kind of love that goes into that process yeah um if you could kind of see and we're going to start vlogging um because people just need to see how much fun we have and don't get me wrong it's, it's it has it, there are really tough times as well today i've had a awful time but um there's always music playing like the chefs are dancing like it's just got a nice vibe and, yeah um yeah we're, we're just we're just almost like a family of people who just love food and just love when especially when people give us great feedback about our food yeah yeah um the other thing is just from our, eth our ethics um we've evolved um we've tried to stay kind of ahead of everyone just just from a, an, an ethics standpoint with even being plastic free yeah um we scrapped plastic uh back just over a year ago now um so we were putting out when we calculated it um around a quarter of a ton of plastic on a monthly basis which is the equivalent to about six thousand water bottles um we used to use polystyrene which is like the standard what uh, meal prep companies use um to insulate the 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 packages when yeah. they when they're sent through transit um and now we use uh, renewable um so we either uh, use a, a foil lining or or actually one that's made from sheep's wool 
um which you'd never think but it it, it works really yeah. really well um does that cost you more out of interest uh it's marginally yeah marginally but Again, it's more cut to be honest with my conscience, and it and it still yeah, no, it still commercially works. So yeah, I've got a lot of respect for that because, as mm. Chris knows, I had a, a food business and we, we were a salad bar and we were selling them out of plastic containers, and it started to bother me. I was thinking, right, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing my bit here. I'm putting out a shitload of plastic into the world, but we were struggling. We were losing money fast, and that that's always played in my mind after that. That thought of there's a business and with recycling and sustainability there's just no two ways about it you have to take on a bit of the cost of that because people won't don't really admit that it just costs more money to do things like you're doing to switch from plastic to something that's more sustainable mm. yeah. and so yeah kudos for people who take that on and say yeah. all right we're gonna shave so the, off uh, am i right in saying there's not many meal prep companies that are plastic free uh, we're the only nationwide meal prep company that's plastic free there you have it so we are not we well we're, we're not actually plastic free we're 99.7% plastic free you need to up your game Sean we are <laughs> we're almost there in in three weeks we will be 100% plastic free what's the 0.3% left it's the tape <laughs> and um, the that tape holds that holds the box right, right. closed yeah and also the sack that holds the wall right yeah is, is recycled plastic but still it's plastic um, but the new How stuff. How do you sleep at night? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> is um, I just want to be able to say we're yeah, plastic no, free. Right. We're not. I'm, I'm with you. I we're, think we're, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we'll we'll be able to say that. Um, and that feels like um, really good timing as well because that's something I've um, been struggling with recently with lockdown. Is um, wait. Sorry, I just had to answer that. Struggling with lockdown is when's the last time we we're all indoors? You know, so me and my wife and my son are in were indoors. I'm back to work now, but for three meals a day, every single day, seven days a week, that just doesn't happen back pre-COVID. You no. know, there's you're eating out, uh, you're eating at work, stuff like that. And I've been proper struggling for inspiration for dinners and for lunches and stuff. And you just go, you've got your go-to's, and you just keep going back to them. And funnily enough, it was the perfect timing because I was just looking, mm -hmm. um, looking at like uh, what they called go uh, go fresh or gusto. Gusto, yeah. Gusto. What's the other one? Yep. Hello fresh. Hello fresh. Yeah. I was just starting to look at them and thinking, and that's not usually something we're quite into home cooking, but I'm just running out of ideas. So, and I'd imagine a lot of people are kind of getting like that, particularly with kids. It's hard to not just throw fish finger and chips in the oven and go there you go. Because you've got shit tons of other obligations. But those um, you know? Hello Fresh, you have to cook that yourself, though. Yeah, don't you? yeah. yeah different business yeah, see, model. See, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Already. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I like Winnie's. Like, man. <laughs> I just put it in the microwave. That's what I'm saying. It's I'm so it. convenient. Yeah. Like, it's and we need convenience because we are. Yeah. And again, that's why it's been nice to stop. But life's getting out of hand, busy, isn't it? Yeah. And I don't think there's any going back from that unless you make some huge changes. So I'm all I'm into healthy I convenience. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, because especially if you're mindful about what you're eating all the time, if you're training a lot and you know, you're trying to stay in good shape, quite often what will happen is if you're time poor and you've not had time to like prep or plan your food, you'll get home and, or, or you're on the road and you'll, you'll just eat whatever's there yeah. because your hunger 
makes you make makes bad decisions, decision, yeah. right? Right, because you're like, I just need to eat, and yeah. then so I'll be, I'll be like that, like a packet of ham and like a baguette or whatever it is, and yeah. like it's just, and and then I'll feel guilty about it because I've been trying, you know, I've trained hard yeah. and then eating with with having those in the freezer. And I need and when I, I need to eat it now. Yeah. Right? Like I haven't got yeah. I haven't got half an hour to cook and then clean up. I haven't got I can't be doing that. Yeah. That you can put in the in the microwave five minutes and your job done. Yeah. And then and you don't feel guilty about it. And you actually have eaten some nutrient dense food. There you go. You've got two more customers at least. There we go. It's win win. <laughs> it really is. I, I'm I'm a massive fan of it. You know, I was saying to Rick before um before you got here that I'm gonna order some more because I'm I'm doing this. Um, basically, I signed up to do a photo shoot at Wicked. the beginning of the lockdown, and then just didn't eat very well, right. and then drunk loads of booze for like six weeks, and then uh, I trained loads. Yeah. But then and then so I've got like three weeks now, and I'm thinking the 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 easiest way for me to do that is I have three have three meals there yeah. ready, and then there's no. There's no um, chance for me to deviate. You know, another thing that, that needs to be um, recognized for people when they're having this is is the that sector of people looking to lose fat um, or just improve their physique. Uh, clients of ours, especially, who we recommend it to. We, I mean, we, we um, have a code with you guys, don't we? Yeah. A discount code. Um, is that they can tell exactly how many calories they're eating. You know, and that's so much easier yeah. than sitting on my fitness power and like typing in yes. every single ingredient Fuck to food. That. I mean, it's just pure convenience. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if I'm if anyone's listening and they're looking to change their physique and drop body fat, that's such a good way of doing it because it makes life just so much easier. A big um, part of your customers are um, sort of fit, fitness fanatics and stuff or are some of them just looking for convenience um do you have them sort of numbers do, yeah do, do yeah you yeah no, yeah I'm, I'm pretty yeah i love numbers yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was the coolest thing yeah, you've yeah. said yeah. so far <laughs> fridays fridays on my numbers day um <laughs> but um yeah so out of our 100 percent of our out, out of our market we're about 70 percent who are um nutritionally focused i.e they want to lose body fat which is the which is the majority of them um, the other thirty percent are just regular. Um, just I want to eat. I just want to eat this because it's convenient. So we kind of straddle both kind of markets because rather than and this is part of our rebrand process that we're going through now. Um, we want to go from um, being healthy food that tastes great to great food that's healthy. Yeah. And that kind of mindset shift is going to kind of open up us, open us up into a different market right, altogether. Right. Yeah, you've done some rebranding of the logo and stuff, haven't you? Oh, I thought it was wicked, by the way. I was going to message you. The about new it. one, yeah. So it's not, it it's wicked. not, it's not out yet, but it's uh, we're about three weeks away. So yeah. we've got a new um, smart. Yeah, we're, we're just trying to our brand. And if being totally kind of, I've got to be harsh on myself because that's that's just the way I see it. Um, our brand's a bit dead. Right. Um, for me, it doesn't kind of show the 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 personality and yeah. kind of magic that happens behind the scenes. Yeah. And we want to have that more interactive kind of vibe. Um, yeah. Look a little bit like what what you guys. Are, it's a completely different industry, but your your brand is so interactive. 
um, and we want to we want to create that amongst uh, amongst our following as well. Yeah, I think the the, the businesses that you see um, scale well uh, and develop this really like loyal customer base are the ones that can portray their story and culture very quickly. Yeah. And I think that that when I looked at the new branding, I thought that said a lot more about your business than it does as it stands. Yeah. So I think you're doing, doing a good thing there. Everyone loves a story. Yeah, know, and exactly, exactly. And yeah. that's why we want Winnie. Um, Winnie is now going to be, because it kind of went from, yeah, she, she's my mum and I named it after her and it just came to me. I didn't yeah. really put much thought into it, to be honest. But now I want her to be almost like that Uncle Ben or that Colonel yeah. Sanders. I want her to be that that kind of, it's almost like everyone, how we're rebranding it is, it's like Winnie is your second, your second mum. She's taking yeah, some yeah, of yeah. those motherly duties away yeah. by cooking for you yeah. and, and doing that, that. That's kind of where we're trying to go with it. Like it. When, um, obviously you, your parents had this like almost predetermined like vision of where you were going to go. And I think that this happens a lot with entrepreneurs is that parents are just naturally so like protective and caring yeah. that status quo like this this traditional route of education and pro being a professional the least the path of least resistance is less risky um and it carries with it a lot of prestigiousness you know being a doctor or a lawyer or a barrister um I, from from a lot of people i've had experience with and a lot of books that i've read there's and and my own experience is when you first say this is what I'm doing and this out there idea, there's always like oh that's a that's a bad move that's a terrible idea I'm I, you know you shouldn't be doing that stick to what you're doing education you know make the right choice and then I think um, quite often there is a very gradual switch to being very proud, um, given that it's named after your mum. You know, have you, how has she been like when, because I think certainly their generation are much more wary about people their age, when they were 25, they weren't starting businesses. No. Nah. Just didn't, nah. it just very rarely happened. And so for them, you can understand a level of um, caution that they would want you to apply. So is that, I don't know, how has that played yeah, out? It, and like you said, it's all from a good place. Yeah, they yeah, just yeah. Totally. they only know what they know and they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. So it with that being said, they want us even more so than for themselves to be successful. And their idea of success can only be created by going down one of those more traditional routes. Yeah. yeah. Um it's definitely been gradual. Um and I'd still to be again, being very honest, I'd say it's still a process going on today. Yeah. Um my mum will still say to me now and again oh um oh, it would be nice if, like if you had to, like something to fall back on that kind of stuff um and i'm looking forward to that that kind of time where th there's glimmers of it like yeah, now yeah, and again yeah. she'll be like oh yeah if you because look just looking at the timeline i'm now um i'm now 26 um i would have just it. he's passed it <laughs> i would have just qualified as right. a doctor so i'd be on i'd be um a junior no, yeah right. yeah so i'd have just qualified um and i'd probably be on around probably 28 30 grand a year 
with a load of debt maybe yeah and with, with with the debt that goes along with that as well and and kind of when you kind of look at that versus where i am now and we're kind of not even getting started yeah. um i think it, with more old school thinkers they need to see it yeah yeah so yeah. um and they are they are starting to see it now yeah. um and then but then there's the kind of right there's the seeing it but then they're they're concerned like that's how it is now but is is that going to be sustainable yeah, never there's lost. that so yeah so so there's that that's kind of the next gradual process yeah. i'd say i'd say there's still concerns around longevity and all that kind of stuff yeah um, risk reward i mean the one the one thing that is probably quite hard to grasp if you haven't done it yourself is once you learn to run a business, you can run any business. That's it. Right. So that's what you've got to fall back on. That's it. That, and that, that's how yeah. I see it. I look, no one can fire me. Um, I'm, I'm business is business at the end of the day. Um, I work with a few different businesses, um, in different roles. Like I'm, I'm an FD of two other businesses and it is literally the same thing. Mm it's just there are just different things that it's a different product or a different service but the mechanics of the business yeah. and kind of what makes it tick yeah. tends to be tends to cross over quite a lot so yeah. just like you said you can this one will uh, at some point i'll probably sell this one and then do i'll do else. something else um and i'm doing other things now so i think look I'd, I, i've got no concerns um parents probably do but yeah, I'm sure we'll be all right. But like you said, it always it always comes from a place of love, doesn't it? They're they're actually it might drive you mad that they're saying, Why are you doing this? You should do this, which is probably a classic sort of parent kid relationship, but it's actually just because they're concerned and they're worried for your welfare, I think, most of the time, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I didn't ever get that. No, my, I, I my, didn't my, to be fair. My my parents were very much like, if you think you Yeah, just go for it. But I do I do um you can understand like why you can completely yeah. understand right and I, but i just funny you mentioned i just re i've read it a lot i've I was saying to ricky um just before you got here i just read a book called shoe dog which is um phil knight the guy who started nike yeah if you haven't read that and anyone who's watching uh, listening if you haven't read that that is i mean for you that would be a p perfect book to read because you whenever you Whenever you envisage these big brands, you just see them as always having been a big brand, right? Yeah. And like, yeah. no one's thinking about yeah. the guy who was in his base, parents' basement yeah. or garage, like heading up operations on his own, you know, cutting out bits of leather for shit. Like, no one sees that. And, and, and I think by, by telling that narrative to people, it gives people hope that they can do it as well and i think yeah. young entrepreneurs need that yeah like everyone fucks up along the way and all of these big i guarantee every single billion dollar business was one hour away or, or one dollar away from completely folding at some point yeah you know and we've all been through it you know when uh, startups there's like every day you're going like you're saying today you've been having a difficult day and i can imagine i go for, we we're going for it right yeah, now course, you know right right in the middle yeah. of it where you're like you wake up one morning you're like i can't do this anymore really? or like what's the point or like i'm in loads of debt or i owe this money to that person this was supposed to go a certain way and it went wrong and that is why like i said earlier you've always got anchor back to 
why you're doing it, what your ethos is, like yeah. why you love it and what the like, that's why most entrepreneurs aren't doing this for the money. Yeah. You know, short money, money is how they get to do it. Yeah. But most of us are doing it for different reasons entirely. And, and I think those people are the ones that end up making the money. Yeah. You know, when it, it's the other way around, um, you're going to, you're going to come a crop. The resilience, I think you must build as an entrepreneur must be massive because there's a good book I'm reading at the moment, The Untethered Soul, and it comes from um, a sort of yoga philosophy, but it's very much about being at peace, whatever. So, you know, not being happy when you get this, not being happy yeah, when you get that. Yeah, yeah. You, need to be, you need to be able to be happy now. And there was a, a really good section that I just read it about how the mind is always right what's today's problem what am i going to be unhappy about today what's yeah. going to piss me off today is it going to be the traffic is it going to be the fact that someone called in sick is it going to be the fact that there's a fucking fire in the kitchen like that but learning to deal with that is there's going to be issues every single day and i need to not turn into a stress head mm-hmm. and i need to stay cool i need to remain as a leader for my staff i need to remain as a good person for my family because stress can get the better of you, right? Because every day, you, both of you who, who are yeah. successful, big successful businesses, you must just be fighting fires every single day. You must just have to get used to that. Just, all right, this is cool. This is happening today, right? Let's, let's solve this problem rather than being like, fuck. Yeah, sake. I think it's, diff- it's just different mindsets that people have. Like some people thrive in it and some people just like collapse under yeah. under that stress and you've got to just be like just one problem at a time yeah and i think it's really easy to catastrophize and be like fuck this is the end yeah. of the world like one I, I mean i've done it yeah and i'm sure you have sean like where yeah, you're like yeah. you blow things out of proportion and this can be all mood dependent or like it a few problems piling up at one time this is this is one of the reasons why we're so um and we've talked about this a number of times rick is like your the things that you do day to day your daily routines and your habits and the way you look after yourself and what you eat yep. and how you look and how you train and how you sleep um play so much of uh such an important role into your just frame of mind and your brain chemistry for your day to day and how you then deal with those problems yeah. catastrophes i mean do you do you have like do you have a set of routines that you follow? Like, do you um, do you have a morning routine? Do you track? Like, do you manage to fit in some self care around running your business? Yeah, um, it's. I'm going on from what you said. It's it's almost you've got to understand who you are as a person and kind of understand how you deal with certain things and then put processes in place to kind of avoid certain things that maybe you're not so good at dealing with and. So, for example, I can say I can deal with one problem and two problems quite quite well. But if I have three, four, five, which I have had today, mm. um, I I tend to find that very difficult. Yeah. But what so what I like to try and focus my mind on a lot of the time is the processes that created those issues and how we can kind of refine those. So um, I don't know if you guys have read uh, Seven Habits. Seven yeah, Habits of Habits. Stephen right, Covey, yeah. Exactly. So it's those important, not urgent tasks yeah. that really pre- prevent you firefighting every day uh-huh. because yeah. but it's this, they're also stuff that we put off the most yeah. because there's not, an, there's not an immediate gratification or kind of yeah. um, feedback yeah, from, yeah, that, yeah. from that process. But by putting time into that, 
you're you're preventing a lot of things so um yeah that that that's kind of what i do from from a day-to-day perspective um i i get up the same uh time every day what time? um i have breakfast i'm i'm not too early seven o'clock for me okay. um and then first thing i do is um i do an hour of reading so um i tend to do audiobook because i like to multitask like every kind of hour has to be kind of made the most of so um whilst i'm in the shower um i'll be listening to that at the start of the day um i'll then sit down um with my breakfast and whilst i'm having my breakfast um i will be looking at what the task that i'd set the day before or the week before for that day and put them in chunks in how i'm gonna kind of get 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 them done essentially and then i get on with it um i try to be um less reactive um so if an email comes in if it's not or or or, or a call comes in that's not necessarily um urgent that i have to kind of deal with now um i will make sure i get through what i need to do because i like my day to be a bit more deliberate yeah um so that's i'm so guilty i'm so guilty of of that of doing the opposite yeah because sometimes you can you like a call will come in that isn't urgent but you're like it feels urgent yeah i feel like i have to yeah yeah, i do that all the time that's i mean i I would like to be more like you in that respect because sometimes i'll have everything written out in front of me hour by hour i do this all the time i I plan what i'm gonna do next day and it never happens yeah again when i say that that's what i'm doing now yeah this i started this process during lockdown right because um i i i have just just like we all do in business we've got like quarterly like plans and all the rest of it and what i found was i'd have these kind of plans and goals and things that i needed to tick off but it was too it was too wide and there was too much it wasn't granular enough like right. on a day-to-day basis and i i when i kind of broke it down why am i not achieving xyz in that quarter like I wanted to yeah. it was because that my day-to-day wasn't really controlled by myself yeah I was te- I was tending to be led by things that came in yeah um, like you said firefighting yeah I was doing a lot more of that but um, it really does put your mind at ease I feel so much more relaxed I- I'm a really relaxed guy anyway like I'm, I'm the yeah you'll never hear me raise i don't even raise my voice i could just cut i just don't yeah. have the energy for it but yeah. it's um it's, uh, <laughs> i'm, I'm the worst person to have an argument with because you, you're not just really gonna up. get much <laughs> not not even give up i just no, kind of wait do. for yeah wait for the yeah. heat to wait for, yeah. you to wait stop for the heat to go yeah and then, and then we'll have a conversation about <laughs> yeah. it but um yeah that that's kind of I, I find that's that's a lot it's been very like therapeutic for me because every every day that I set tasks and I complete them. It's almost like, yeah, that's the gratification, right? Yeah. That's when you get that little boost of like, yeah, yeah I'm exactly. actually making, I'm actually building something here yeah. rather than Seeing stopping it getting burnt down. Yeah. And that's what I like to think. Um, yeah. But I know. do like a philosophy that you've, that I've taken from you actually about with the little things, something comes up dealing with it now and then it's done gone rather than, you know, yeah, when you put it yeah, off yeah. and now all of a sudden you've got five emails you need yeah. to send or reply to. Actually well, doing it right now and then yeah, no, it's done. I'm a hundred percent with you on that. It's for me it's not it's not necessarily putting it off, it's it's putting it because I've got a section of my day yeah. Yeah. where I deal with that shit. Ad hoc stuff. So it's deliberately putting it off, not yeah. procrastinating, which are two 
very yeah. different things. Yeah. I think I think the good comeback. What, what you yeah, great. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I think I think what you, what what the, the the easiest way of doing it is by not looking at the email at all. You know, so yeah. why, 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 no, when I said that to you is like, yeah. I don't like to read the same thing twice. So if I read the, the email, I'm replying to it then. Yeah. Because otherwise I think I'm double it. handling this. Yeah. 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 But if you turn those notifications off, you don't read, you know, I'm doing two hours of writing marketing content. Yeah. Right. And I'll read the emails at 2 p.m. That's what you should be doing. Right. And that's what it sounds like. Yeah. You're doing, yeah. Right? I do. I, I, will read, I will read it. Um, but. I have to make a decision very quickly whether or not it's urgent or not urgent. Yeah. If it's if it's urgent, then of course because we need to be able to adapt as well. I, w- I will just get that sent off. But if it's not urgent, that goes in at, at five o'clock. Yeah, sure. So that's just yeah how I. Yeah. Kind of... Um, I want to switch gears slightly. Oh, in, go on. What's and how exciting. Talk to <laughs> talk to you about something that you've been um, promoting on your Instagram with the little black truths. Yeah. Just to ask more about what that is, what what we can expect, and well, I know what it's all about, but yeah. I just wanted you to sort of tell us about it, really. Yeah, um, I've got again. We'll go with how it came, kind of came around. Um, when what we've seen in the media um, around um, the death in America, um, and 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 kind of why that came around, and look, it, it's nothing new. Uh, to be honest, when I first saw it, um, I just for okay just uh, another one and kind of got on with my day um but i think with coronavirus a lot of a lot more people have had time to really compute these things and realize actually you know what it's not something that we should just continue to just accept as being a part of life and um i had a bit of reflection time kind of looking in myself at myself and what i took from that was um I was I was brought up. My pet, my family always said to me, "Look, life is life is more than likely going to be a little bit harder for you because of the way like the, our society is set up. And as long as you just work double as hard, you You're talking you, you directly can make about that race happen. now, right? Yeah, 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 we're talking directly about race. So just being and for those who don't know, yes, being a black person has challenges on a day to day basis um, that our average white counterpart wouldn't have to deal with. So. Um, I didn't really take much like note of that when I was really young. Um, but yeah, going through school, I had a hard time. Um, there's a lot of things I went through being, I was, I was born and raised in, in, in Walthamstow, but then because of, uh, my, my parents wanted to move us to more of an affluent area so that, um, we were around kind of more, I suppose, career minded people. Um, we moved and that brought its more more issues for for me personally and for yeah. my sister um being in a predominantly white area coming from a, a very mixed area yeah. um yeah there were there there was yeah school school was difficult kick uh other pupils can be quite cruel um even at a young age um even Especially down to teachers age, right? yeah, yeah and and even from teachers um there was yeah i could name so many things that happened um but all through life because I was already brought up with knowing that was how it was going to be. I just kept my blinkers on because I knew I wanted to be successful in whatever I did. And I just stayed focused. But I got to this point a a few weeks ago where I thought, you know what? I've done that. And yes, I'm doing well, but what have I done? Like 
I've I've just turned the blind eye to things that aren't acceptable. Um, and I saw a quote and it really just really hit me. It said the whole point of walking through a door is to hold it open for the next person to walk through. And I thought, what have I actually done to, to, to help other people who go through the same issues yeah. I do, but don't have the mental fortitude or willpower to break through that, that glass ceiling that is there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just decided, you know what, I need to put something together. Um, for me, when I kind of really delved into why I think the issue is still there and still exists, um, for me, it was down to um, three, three things. Uh, from the top, um, it's our politicians and our large corporations who kind of govern the society that we live in. Um, people from ethnic minorities are, are, are underrepresented in the in, in those areas. So, the the jurisdiction and, and and governance that we then receive and that we abide by isn't actually made with those people, yeah, uh -huh. you know, like being thought about. Then, mm. the the second part is um, if you actually look. In fact, I'll ask you guys a question. Actually, how many black people do you think there are in the UK? I don't even know how many people there are in the right, UK. Right, um, about 68 million people in the UK, give or give or take a couple mil. Six million. Six million. Yeah, I'd go a quarter of the population. A quarter of the population, you go around 15, 18 million-ish. I'm going to go less, 10. Let's go 10. Right. There are 1.4 million black people in the UK. Now, those populations are densely around London, Birmingham, and then just a few dusts around other major cities. So that means that you've got easily 30, 40 million people who have zero interaction with a person of colour. Yeah. Now, so the is this, this is uh, a person, does that number relate to a person of colour, all ethnic minorities, or no, so, specifically so, yeah, black so, people? Yeah, so black, uh, black people as a, as, as a group make up 1.4 million. Um, Right. Four million. So with that being Bad, the case, um, the only interaction these people have with, uh, and I'm talking about um, white individuals in, in more rural areas or different parts of the country where they don't have that interaction is through the media, uh, through the news, through film. And in these areas, in film, for example, um, black Bec and again, it comes down to the amount of black film producers there are yeah, or the yeah, amount of yeah, black yeah. actors there are. Um, the only part that's kind of glamorized is that is that is is crime and 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 these sides of 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 what goes on. But there's not the kind of everyday element that we kind of see from a, a, a white film, for example, yeah. that's not really represented. So if that's what you've got, then how can you know any different? Because that's all you've got to go by. Yeah. If the media want to shine a light on protests uh, that are going on and, and rioting that's gone on outside Downing Street, but they don't want to show the countless peaceful protests where people are actually kneeling in the street in silence, then what hope do we have? Um, what? How can we educate people when the only things that are being shunned on are, 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 are knife crime and gun crime. But if you actually look at the statistics, um, it's proportionate, the amount of crime committed, you're actually more likely to be shot, killed or robbed by a white person than you are a black person. And this is statistically, 
um, relative to the population. Relative to yeah, the population, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the powerful statistics that aren't kind yeah. of shone a light on. However, it's just pictured in a very different way. So, when I, I go to parts of the country, um, I've got a business up in um, Stoke and Trent, a care home business, and I'll go to the I'll go to the supermarket up there, and um, I've. I literally have seen people like peering around the aisle, like, oh my God, there's a black person. Really? Um, even over in Frinton, went to Frinton not too long ago. He was buying and like it's 500 like, things of rice. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah true. <laughs> this is way before, way yeah. before that. I'm just going on a day-to-day basis. Pe- people literally like, it's, it's, I, don't, I don't feel because I'm, I'm quite thick skinned, so that doesn't really bother me. But I just think, wow, this is really a big deal for you like to mm. see someone um but then yeah even down to how treated by police um i was pulled over 16 times in in 12 months um it's seven times out of those i was told to come out of my car and my car was completely searched from top to bottom um the reasons being um oh we're just doing routine uh, checks um, and I said, oh, it's just really interesting that none of my white friends have ever been actually ever been pulled over. Yeah. I've been driving for 10 years. And I've been pulled over 16 times in one year. How many times have you been pulled over? 16 yeah, times? Yeah, 16 times in the last 12 hell. months. No, so that, that alone opened my eyes. Up I've been driving for 15 years and not been pulled over once. Right, there you go. So same, to, about the same amount. I've been pulled over twice and once I was speeding, once I had a brake light out. Yeah, so me, it, for me, it's, it's either been a routine check or... There's been uh, reports of crime in the area, so we need to pull you over. Okay. Um, then other things, like if I um, stand at cash point, I will always stand further back than I need to because on so many occasions, I've got people literally looking over their shoulders if I'm going to rob them. If I go into a corner shop, I'll be followed around the shop. Like It's stuff on a day-to-day basis yeah. that, that, that black people do go for it and I'm not even scratching the surface like can I can I just like um ask you a question about this right because um I can I didn't know those statistics right and and that's it's shocking really but it makes a lot of sense and then if you like drill down into what you've said and how that's portrayed in the media and tv and actually I didn't really think about that my problem is I probably didn't think about any of it at all enough all right and and that may well have been because we have grown up in areas where it's not very diverse. We live in Seven Oaks, you know, yep. and and I can see how parts of the country, especially knowing that 1.6 million figure now, will have had not had much contact at all. So I can understand why people might get that perception. What I don't understand is how that then translates into being racist, right? Because just being decent you know that there you know that there is no grounds for any level of racism at all right and this is why the the and this has brought so much to um like the forefront this the the black lives matter movement i think more so than any other time we've seen injustice yep. to the black community right and that the george floyd thing stayed with me for like is like haunting yeah, and I, I I don't know if we spoke about this before, but I've spoken to I think my dad about it, and like I never grew up knowing that it was even a thing to be racist. Like, yeah. and that's my parents have done that job. It wasn't even a thing. Yeah, like, and so I don't like it's. I find it hard to swallow that 
just because someone is portrayed in a certain way then you then think it's all right to to hate someone for the color of their skin like and this is yeah and, and I, don't, I don't even think it's hate because i'd ask you what 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 is racism well, no, I, I, no, I no, think that the hate hate might be strong, but there is definitely yeah. levels of hate in, yeah, in people yeah, for for no reason other than the color of their skin. Yeah. Right. So, what racism is, or, or an act of racism, is is purely just treating someone differently because of the color of their skin. So yeah. it doesn't matter if you are outwardly. So, for example, again, a few months ago, I was driving um, and. This guy was giving me this really scowling like look, an older guy. And I, again, because of how I've been brought up and I'm all about trying to break down these stereotypes. I, I'm a one man, but I'm trying to go against the media here. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I said, oh, you, you're right there. Um, so is everything okay? And he's just giving me this scowling look. I said, sorry, is, it, is everything okay? Is something, is something the matter? I knew kind of what it was. And then he said, um, people like you can't be driving cars like that unless you're up to no good. Oh. And I, this, and is I my, just, this is my point, though, yes. Sean, is like, how is, how is that um, misrepresentation? Why does someone then end up, I don't know, is it, is it ignorance? Is it stupidity? It, no, it is. It, I, I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even call him stupid because it... He's I, learnt it, that somewhere, it, it's, it's learnt. So yeah. it's, it's either, um, it can be from our parents, it can be just from, again, when, when people look at the media, they see the media as, as a... a a magnifying glass on what is on, on true events on yeah. what is happening. So if you sit, if you go to the media for a representation of what's going on and that's what you're given, most people don't even have that inclination to think, I wonder if there's bias to the media. People don't actually realize that so media is driven by a fine. Like just, I, I wouldn't I'll even say lazy. I think, like... I think it's just human nature. There's only really 2% of people who will even question the society, our government's uh, decisions, uh, or, or 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 the media. Most people just don't naturally have it in them to think. Oh, I wonder if there's there's some political bias behind this. But uh, don't you feel that it like people? It's a lot of effort, though, to be to do to. I don't know if I'm oversimplifying. It's a lot of effort to be racist. Like well, why? Think... Why? Like when you if people don't have it in them to question society why have they got it in them to like make a judgment on someone based on the like a perception from the media i just don't know why it's, you would bother it's no. really deeply ingrained and look I don't, I don't i don't even know if we've got enough time to kind yeah. of go into it but it's it's so deeply ingrained that if for example a, a black person and a white person both wearing a hood are walking towards you naturally and I won't ask ask you the, the I won't ask you guys the question because I don't want you to be kind of pulled into politics. Yeah. The 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 average person will feel more threatened by the black person walking to them with the hood. Yeah. Same build, same whatever. And where does that come from? Mm. It's 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 conditioning. It's the media. Everything. Every even from the time we're a child. And I've got some horrific stories of uh, that have come from 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 small children. Um, we're taught from even the cartoons we watch that white is right black is wrong white is good black is evil and it it's just drummed into us they mm. do, they do experiments with little children little toddlers and they uh, they'll put a black um, a black oh, woman and a white woman uh, and say um go go uh, uh, who do you want to go and play with and they all go to the white person 
it's just it it's from such a a a, a, a just a deep level yeah. that it's 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 just not even simple it's there's no simple thing about yeah. it it's really in, ingrained in people there's another and, one isn't there with which doll is more beautiful the white yeah. one or the black one but even black, there's an issue. This has created now an issue even within the black community. So um, one of the, um, we, we, we're doing a, a media project at the moment over the weekend. And um, we're interviewing um, a, a woman. She's, she's white. She went to Uganda to do a, to do a project over there. And um, this little girl, she was four years old, um, came up to her. And she doesn't speak English, but her mum does. So her mum was translating and she, and she kept uh, touching the uh, the white girl's skin and saying, your skin... And she said to her mum, her skin is beautiful. So um, she then replied and said, your skin is beautiful too. And then the girl said, um, no, 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 my skin's ugly. Um, she's four years old. So where again, when I say it's literally from the cartoons we watch, it's not to say that that's what they're they're there to do because i don't i'm, I'm not going building up theories and all yeah. that kind of stuff it's just that the lack of representation yeah. mm -hmm. um you have to find you have to look very far to find a kid's book um that represents black culture yeah so we're naturally as human beings scared of what we don't know or what we don't understand right. so if you don't know it then it's quite natural to be scared of it so um that's so why where, for me where where do where do you go from here like how does you know what's the next move to like help correct that i mean it's not yeah. going to happen overnight of course no like, look can, it, we're, we're talking that this this situation has been there for for f 400 years like from and it 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 begins with slavery it goes a little bit before that mm. but even down to our education system our education only teaches us um, the only the only black history that's mentioned is when black people are even in, enslaved or trying to get their freedom. But they don't talk about pre-slavery when there were kings, there were inventors, mm. they were they they were wealth. There was wealth. Like Africa was one of the most wealthy like continents in the world. Like that's not part of our of our culture. So even as a as a young British black person growing up. I never saw my people coming from anything good. Right. So in my head, I'm fighting an uphill battle yeah. from the get-go. That the the issues are so it's it's, it's hugely systemic. Mm. Um, there is a glass ceiling. Um, and again, we've we we had interviews with um, firefighters, people in media, um, people the in troops. yeah yeah. Yep. So what we what we did was. Start, starting with kind of what where do we go from here kind of what you said yeah. for me it's uh, it's education yeah. um and that's what my focus is educating change because yes there are for me there are a small amount of people who are actually categorically racist yeah. the majority of other people have racial inclinations i.e they have just subconscious racial bias yeah. that they wouldn't even think um yeah and it's, that that's even there like yeah it? so right. even down to employment or, or a, 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 a ceo is has got a few people like that he's interviewing and if two people are neck like neck and neck naturally because he's more accustomed to right, that he yeah, will yeah, go he will go for that person yeah. that is just how human human nature is so for me it's about educating people and putting out 
true reflections of one that that racism exists because the amount of people who 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 I've who I've spoken to um cuz now I've decided look I'm going to be vocal about it now yeah, yeah. um that have come to me and said oh just like th- this is a bit over the top like this is go- this is going on in America and I'm saying like I could literally like how long have you got like I could tell you in in 2 hours just a quarter of things that I've been through personally yeah. then I can speak another 2 hours of people I know who yeah, what yeah, they've yeah. gone through and it is and it is hard so for me it's about putting this out there for everyone to see that this does exist and then the other thing is then just kind of showing the human just just the the regular human side of black people which as stupid as that sounds Mm. for someone to kneel on someone's neck um shows he wouldn't even do that with a dog so it shows that to that 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 individual is means absolutely nothing they're not even a human they're not even worth and yes that's an extreme kind of case but for the the, the looks i receive in the street or, or the way people have their views of me our, our meal prep company we'll we'll get dms on a regular basis making comments about um someone asked is your food halal for example said yeah our food our food is allowed we, we provide food that's kind of suitable for everyone his response was that's the reason i'd never buy from you you're going against our british soldiers and um, they've gone they've gone to war to protect us and all the rest of it the, again these are just people who are completely fed and and educated by our media they don't know the fact that um look we a, a lot of our wars are unjust and have also political reasons behind them they don't know what happened to the weapons of mass destruction that just that was the reason to go in but then where where were they that's kind of been swept under the carpet and loads of other things um it's yeah for we get comments like that we'll get comments about monkeys cooking our food like it's it's just this is just day-to-day stuff that unfortunately we have to go through but it's stuff that and this that and that's what white privilege is white privilege isn't to say that you're going to be you're 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 put on a pedestal because you're white it just means that there's certain things that as a black person you have to think about on a day-to-day basis that an average white person can just get up and get on with their day but i've got to kind of get on with my day and and then some or with some rules yeah or a mother look, a, a, look at a, a black mother or father bringing up a child They've not just got to bring their child up to kind of and educate their child to go through life, but they've also got to also educate them about systemic racism, the fact that it's going to be harder for them and that when that they are going to face racism probably from the age of five years old. Yeah. Um, that is, it, yeah. yeah. That's when the education, like when you say that, that just really rings a bell because what I, the comment I made earlier was that I didn't like, haven't been exposed to that. If and maybe you didn't I, sh- know, and I you should didn't have know. been. Yeah, that's, that's the, you, you, know, you should have been, and it's not your perhaps. fault if you don't. If you don't know, you don't know why. Yeah. Why should you look? People find it hard enough to drink two liters of water when they know they should, right? <laughs> and that's for their own benefit. Yeah. So why should you go out of your way to learn about a culture that's not yours, mm. about people that you may not be even spending that much time with? It's just human nature. I. I, that's why I've got nothing against people who are ignorant or just don't know this stuff exists because it's not it's not their fault. It's 
like I said, it's a systemic issue. It's from our education right, system. Yeah. It's our political system. Like we've got, um, what's that guy, that comedian? Is it Hancock? The uh, conservative uh, foreign secretary. Um, Matt he, Hancock. Yeah, so yeah. Matt Hancock said, um, he said, that he was asked on a BBC radio interview, what, um, like, like, what do you think of this, like the taking the knee, um, like, kind of oh no it wasn't hancock it was um uh, he's been doing the press conference no it's yeah. uh, it's not it's not hancock either i know it's, it's um sorry i need to get this up because it's going to really annoy me he but said it's, it was uh, out of game of thrones or something yeah he said it, it yeah. he said it come out of game of thrones and it, it, it's it's not the fact that he said that it's the fact that as a politician and someone who's heading up he's in our cabinet and he didn't even care enough to even do a quick Google search, and you know exactly what the Neil was about. Like, it just does not, he could not care less about wasn't, the movement. Wasn't it they asked him, would you take the knee? And he said, I'd only take, take the, the knee, knee for, the, uh, for my wife and the queen. my wife and, yeah, and the queen. And the like queen, that. yeah. And he and said, oh, I don't know where, I don't know where they uh, they get that from. Um, it, it must have taken it from Game of Thrones or something. But it's like, it's the fact that he just does not care. And unfortunately... And that's why that there is the systemic nature of racism. It's not that he's even deliberately saying, right, I want to hold black people down. He's not doing that. But in his ignorance and being in the position he's in, our, our education ministers or if the whole cabinet, um, they were asked, um, and Han this was Hancock, Hancock was asked, um, how many um, black people by a Sky reporter? She 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 was brilliant. She said, "How many black people are there in the cabinet?" Because um, she's talking about some of the issues that are rising, all the rest of it. And he said, "Well, um, sorry, can you repeat the question? I could I couldn't hear that. He's buying time." And then he said, um, "He said, oh yeah, well we've got we've got." And he named a, a couple of people, and she said. They're, well, they're, they're, they're both from the Asian community. How many are black? It's important that we don't kind of put everyone in one category. I asked you how many black people are there in cabinet because isn't there an issue that black people aren't represented in our political system? And then he was just like, like, it's just that, yeah, our politicians are completely out of touch of yeah. with the issues that, that, that are there. Um, and it will take, it's going to take a long time. Um, after years and years of, again, we, we could talk about percentages because it's the same thing. Um, in any walk of life, you've got kind of the, you've got the 99%, you've got the 1%, 1% who kind of aren't just going to go with the flow. They're going to create their own direction. They're going to lead the life they want to leave and they're going to push through boundaries and they're going to achieve what they want to achieve. That's kind of how the world works. But within now, when you can, then break that down within say the black community it's different it's one percent have the 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 motivation determination whatever to to break through stereotypes to break through racism to break through glass ceilings to break through being racially profiled to break through not being selected for jobs because you're the the, the color of your skin one percent have that then the other 99 percent just become another statistic of they're not going to um, achieve much because or, or, or they're going to achieve less because they're black or whatever. Mm. Life's going to be harder for you because you're black. And it's it frustrates me when people say, well, more people need to um, work hard. But that's like saying, well, how 
why don't we just make 99% who are naturally followers and just don't have that willpower to now be leaders? Like it, it, the world just doesn't work like that. Yeah. So we can't also expect people who just don't have it in them to kind of push through. So yeah, the system needs to needs a real big shake up Christ, to, to put it. Yeah, I mean, that's half an hour's worth of talking about and that's nowhere near surface, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. I think that's... Yeah. that's um, For me, the big point was, and I think you touched on it, the sort of penny dropping. I heard Clara Ampho doing a post on Instagram. She's a Radio One, a Black Radio One DJ. And she uh, wasn't in work unexplained didn't do a radio show next day come in and she said live on air she said i apologize i wasn't here yesterday um and her voice is breaking as soon as she starts talking yeah um and my cousin reposted it and this was like the proper moment i realized and up until that the george floyd thing to me it's sort of been very similar to what you said it's another black person's been murdered carrying on my day um and she started talking, saying, sorry, I wasn't here. I was at home and I was proper struggling. My mental health was in a bad, bad way and I couldn't come into work. And you could just hear it in her voice that she was struggling to even say this. Um, and she was went on to say, you know, to see another black body brutalised um, and, and went on to how George Floyd's death made her feel. And I just realised in that moment, like, I didn't feel like that at all. And then I realised this isn't, this isn't a problem that I face. This isn't something that affects me. And I've never felt I've never felt that at all. I've never felt really discriminated against. And then did I just you watch that video before you heard did you watch the video of it before you'd seen that no, post? No. Have you watched the video? No. Yeah, I think I think you might I don't know. I, I if you hear a statistic without seeing something it, i can see why you might think that's another because we hit it does happen but i i don't know I've, i didn't I even know I'd what hit, happened yeah. it was to me um again when i said earlier when we was talking like i've broken a lot of rules and one of my rules generally is consuming zero media reading no newspapers generally not watching the news yeah. the way i feel the important stuff will get to me 100%. now it's, yeah. now it's very much changed because of covid and now particularly with the um with the black lives matter movement but again, you're consuming. If you're consuming mainstream media, then it's all fucking pushing over statues and riots, and it, and it isn't the case. Yep. But I just realised, shit, this has never affected me. I've been pulled, like I said, mm. um, I've been pulled over twice. Do we? And uh, hearing other people, I've heard start fessing up to the sort of DMs they get, the sort of hate they get. We get zero of that. Mm. Zero yeah, yeah. my whole life, mm. and it's just kind of slap me in the face is of course you don't understand it it doesn't happen to you yeah and no, don't don't expect it's it's not even about trying to get people to it's not about making people feel bad or whatever it's yeah. about just knowing because if yeah. you know then it becomes that the movement becomes different it does it's not a kind of black people fighting for their just 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 for equality as black people have been for years and years and years mm. it becomes uh, people who believe in equality versus people who don't, don't yeah. and i think people who do believe in equality massively outweigh people who don't they just there's just so much ignorance so yes that's yeah, that yeah, that yeah. for and me blink, is the and blinkers on yeah and yeah. that and that for me is why i'm kind of doing what i'm doing um it's all about educating it's all about kind of just putting out there in a big way what 
does happen in the average kind of day yeah, of, a, yeah. of, of, of a black person. And the fact that just calling someone the N-word, which again happens regularly, but that's not just what racism is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sure, and I subconscious think, in that as well, yeah. isn't it? I think that um, you're doing some many amazing things, mate. And I, I've been Thank really you. impressed with the way you've been running Winnie's Meals. Like, I think it's a great brand and I think you're definitely going, I think you can tell like you're definitely going to be going places, whether it's with long term with Winnie's or whatever you do mate because you just got what it takes I think it's, thank you. I think it's really obvious well, that means a lot. Um, thank you and just a massive thank you for popping in today that's been like really that's enlightening on more ways in more ways than one um, and hopefully we can do it again sometime I reckon you'll be sitting here in, in a year's time and it'll be a different story altogether um, yeah, be interesting to see where yeah, you'll probably be giving me a job <laughs> <laughs> no thank you no, you're welcome it's been great. Same, same deal with what you've decided to do with your social media now as well I understand obviously you could keep Winnie's Mills as it is but wait you'll want to talk more about the race issues um, one thing that concerns me is how tiring it's going to get for people because unfortunately there's going to be people that do jump on the bandwagon and they're like yep yeah, we're with you uh, border that back to this over here and yeah. it's gonna get tiring i think for all of us but i'm i'm all i can really do is educate myself so i'm reading a hell of a lot more than i ever used to about history i never really used to read that much about class and race and i'm fascinated with mm. the relationship between poverty class and race at the moment it's another thing i've had my blinkers on to is yeah. Yeah. what the class system actually does and how um inequality is entwined into that um, and yeah, it's going to get tiring, but definitely keep it up because I think people are listening. Sean, where can yeah. people um, find more information about Winnie's Meals and follow you online and all that jazz? Yeah, so um, Instagram, uh, Winnie's, W-I-N-N-Y-S underscore meals. Um, we're, we're on uh, Facebook as well, Winnie's Meals. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on social as well. Um, Website? Yep, so www.winnies-meals.com. There you have it, folks. Sweet. Nice one. Thanks a lot, Sean. Thanks, Thank Sean. You. Peace out, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you. So there he was, Sean. Thank you, sir, for coming down. I uh, really enjoyed it. I hope you guys did too, and you can take something from Sean. Uh, wise beyond his years, I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, apologies, I wanted to get more into the race issue because it's been playing on my mind a hell of a lot recently. But we didn't have, we didn't really have time, and it's difficult to. Uh, you need some time to really get into the weeds of such a subject. And let's face it, we're not solving it in in a podcast. So uh, maybe maybe we'll do it again sometime. Thanks again, Sean. Really enjoyed it. Do check him out, social media uh, and his business, Winnie's Mills, can't advise it enough. But uh, in the meantime, I shall see you all real soon.